warning. Pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 220. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftovers, and the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers, the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian, and I am a leftover. No Jake this week. Uh, Jake is off doing, I think, some Valentine's Day shenanigans this weekend. But I am joined by uh, Mr. Eric Wade. Hey, what's up? And I'm going to play this gentleman's bumper. Go, go, Power Rangers. Jacob Harmon's got his sword all up in this bitch. It's more than time, you sentient bearded son of a bitch. All right. Jacob Harmon, welcome back to the podcast, man. Always a pleasure. Thank you for having me back. Absolutely. Yeah, guys, I'm actually, I'm really excited for this episode. There's a lot of good shit to kind of unpack in this one, as opposed to every other fucking week on this crap Fantastic show. So um, it, it was kind. It was kind of a sad opening there. I am a leftover. It uh, made me cry a little bit. I had a tear come down my cheek. That's because you're a giant pussy. Um, I am. I am. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> uh, next week is Black Panther, guys. Are you guys excited for this Black Panther movie? Oh, I am so excited. I can't wait to finally see a full-length Black Panther movie. Oh, you God. know, I, I've been kind of lukewarm going up and but for some reason the last week with some of the initial reviews coming out and everything now my i'm now i'm pumped now my excitement level is there i i took a couple hours of off work early on friday to be able to go see see a, an afternoon showing so yeah now now i'm starting to get pumped for it yeah fucking uh, like you like you don't even like realize like forced whitaker's in this movie you know what i mean like no, nobody's even talking about that it's like He's a great actor, and here's Forrest Forrest Whitaker's kind of like an afterthought in Black Panther at this point. Like, nobody's even thinking about him. So, it's crazy. The cast of this thing is just nuts. So, you know what I was thinking? (laughs) I was thinking about, I don't even know how I'm going to bring this up. These are just, uh, you know what, this is just a weird thought that came to me as as I was, like, sitting down the other day. And I was thinking, like, like, um, the, the tampon companies have totally missed the mark when it comes to, like, 
um, science fiction fans, like especially like science fiction fans that are girls, not guys. But um, don't you think like on tampons, if if they just put like rocket fins at the end of tampons, like they could totally hit like a completely new demographic, right? Oh man, have them shaped like the the applicator shaped like the Rocketeer or something. Yeah, there's a whole marketing system right there. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. Like you know, I mean, you could make you could make your period of fun experience a little bit of you know create like make up little stories and yet. It's so weird. Jacob and I were just IMing about this like an hour ago. It's the right? exact same thing. Yeah. I was just saying, man. Yeah, I like where you're going. Like uh, Rocketeer tampons. I mean, they could work with Disney and have a whole Star Wars like lightsaber line. Yeah, they could have uh, Volva Fett. <laughs> 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 uh, I'm trying to, try to think of some others here. Use this tampon to defeat the Sarlacc pit. Oh, <laughs> 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 Oh man, that's hilarious! All right, man, oh, I can't, God. I can't top that. That is, that was genius, Harmon. <laughs> Oh God! If it's your first time listening to PCL, welcome to the welcome, podcast. Welcome. I was just thinking, I was, you know, this is like one of those random thoughts that kind of like I was thinking about, and I was like, oh, you know, I'm gonna, I don't know how I'm gonna bring it up, but I'm gonna bring it up. <laughs> so, all oh right, guys. God. Yeah. Uh, are you guys ready to jump into? I really don't have a lot for good pop, bad pop this week. I really don't. I got, I've got like uh, one really quick thing and like two things. Um, so, let's. Uh, if you guys are ready, we can jump into good pop, bad pop. Let's do it. Let's go. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, real quick, I want to talk about a trailer that I saw today that looked absolutely incredible. It's usually like, I, I don't, I wouldn't say like it's a taboo topic, but it's something that you really don't see many people talking about especially as far as like a comedy documentary with the amount of comedians that i see there are in this thing it's unreal it's a it's a um i guess it's a comedy i guess i'll call it a comedy documentary it's called poop talk and it's coming out i think february 16th and it's basically a bunch of comedians telling funny poop stories and it looks like it's going to be fucking hilarious and it's only like an hour and 15 minutes i don't know where it's going to be available i don't think it's a theatrical release i don't know if it's coming straight to amazon um but it looks pretty fucking hilarious it's got like kumail nanjiani nick swartzen rob cordry um i'm trying to think there's a ton of comedians are doing and female comics too. I can't even think of who they are, but it's just like them telling funny stories about poop and just like talking about poop in general. And it just seems like it's going to be like one of the most hilarious things to watch because it's one thing we can all relate to. And like they kind of break that down in this. They're like, it doesn't matter who you are, everybody does it. So like I think like even though it it sounds childish as fuck, 
I can't wait to see Poop Talk. It sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, that certainly sounds like an interesting concept. And with the comedians involved, it, it sounds like it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Eric. <laughs> yeah. I have nothing for that, really. Have, this time lost with the Poop Talk thing. Uh, like the sh- like, uh, so the show, PCL, has totally devolved at this point, haven't we? Yeah. No, no, I'm just, I'm <laughs> stunned. I don't know what to make of the Poop Talk thing. It's not, I'm not judging at all. Yeah. Poop Talk thing, that's great. I'm not saying it won't be my thing. It's just not exactly something I was expecting to bring up was Poop Talk. I'm so gonna, I don't have much to add to that. Yeah. Moment. My God. Well, it's, it's, uh, hold on. It's also got Adam Carolla, uh, Rob, okay, like Rob Cordry, Nikki Glaser, um, Eric Stone Street from Modern Family. I mean, this is, this is just a, this is just a, a hell of a lineup. Yeah, it's a, it's a stacked cast here. Yeah, Pete Holmes. Holy shit. Randy, the Sklar brothers, Dr. Drew Pinsky. So they got, they even have a medical expert. So. Yeah, I can't wait. I think it, it, the, the trailer actually just kind of like cracked me up. And I think it'll be one of those things where like, um, I will probably laugh and, and just relate and be like, yeah, I've been there. I've been, <laughs> been there. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I could ask everybody if they had a funny poop story, but I won't. So <laughs> <laughs> That's probably for the best. Uh, probably for the best. I'll just <laughs> let everybody watch Poop Talk when it comes out, and I'm hoping to find it uh, somewhere. I don't know where it's coming out. If it's like Netflix or Amazon, I have no clue. The next thing I want to talk about is uh, it's called Alone Together. It's a comedy on uh, what was originally ABC Family uh, is now Freeform. And this it's called Alone Together, and it's also available on Hulu. And you can watch the first five episodes on Hulu to get caught up if you want to. It premiered January 10th, and it's about two misfits from different backgrounds try to make their way into the vain and status-obsessed uh, status culture of Los Angeles. Along the way, they find salvation in their strictly platonic male-slash-female friendship. Um, it's created and stars comedians Esther Pavitsky and Benji Aflalo. Uh, the series is also produced by The Lonely Island's Andy Samberg, Akiva Schaefer, and Jorma Tacconi. And basically, it's like, they're 20-somethings. I think, I don't know, Harmon, if you would like this show or not. Um, I, I, I guess I want to kind of say, I, I wanted to say it's like the millennial Seinfeld, but it's really not. It, Seinfeld was a show about nothing. This is actually a show about a platonic relationship between between like this guy and this girl who are clearly meant for each other, but like they're just friends and like they want nothing to do with each other. And like everybody else can see it, that they're perfect for each other and all their other relationships fail. Um, there was an episode that had Denise Richards and she wanted to have, she had five boys and she wanted to have a girl. So she was trying to get an egg from Esther. So like there's, there's a whole lot of backstory with that. But anyway, Esther gets so mad at the life that this baby would have gotten and she wants it for herself. She, so she gets so mad that she takes the egg away and says, no, she's backing out of the deal. And there's other episodes that are pretty hilarious. There's like a road trip episode. I, it's not doing really well on like Rotten Tomatoes. It's got like a 50% um, based on 10 reviews with an average like 5.8 out of 10. And it's it has a 60 out of 100 on Metacritic. It's not doing well. But like comedy is really subjective. And 
I love the dialogue written in the show. And then like, sometimes like you can see them as they're talking, they're really good friends and you can see them like break character and like make each other laugh. And I got a kick out of this show. It's called alone together. And I think it's definitely worth a watch. Like you'll either love it or hate it. And I love it. So I'm going to give it a high taste it. Wow. Thanks. That doesn't sound like something I would like watch on my own, but hearing you talk about it, I'm, I'm definitely going to check out the first few episodes. Yeah, definitely give it a couple episodes. And you don't, I don't even think you like really have to like watch, um, episodes in order. You could watch any episode you really wanted to. It doesn't really follow like a story either. So, um, yeah, so definitely check it out. It, it's, it'll either be your thing or not be your thing. Um, what, see, so Eric, what do you got this week? Did we lose Eric Wade? Is he muted? I not You're not m- talk on mute. Yeah, yeah I knew you were muted. You son of a bitch. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, uh, so it was kind of an anime week for me. Um, I did. I know that. Uh, Jake touched on the first couple episodes last week. I did watch all of Kaka, Kakagiri. Um, that was the that's the the gambling high school yeah. gambling po- uh, poker one. You, you, um, you I, both are comfortable saying the title of the show. It's just oh, like, ab- it rolls absolutely. off the tongue. <laughs> God, you, Brian, come on! You watch plenty of anime. You know that's not the word. I mean, I mean, some of these show names are just ridiculous that they have. Wow, let's say let's not get racist. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that some of the names are are pretty unbelievable. Yeah, I know. Kakaguri, though, I have no problem saying that. I'll say it over and over again. Rolls off the tongue. Yes, it does. It does. But it's very good. I'll give it a high taste. It. I liked it a lot. Um, I, I don't think it's quite the same level as Food Wars, but I really enjoyed it and I thought it got better, um, as this, as the season went along. I think it's 10 episodes if I remember right. So it's not, it's not a huge watch either. So I, I liked it a lot. Um, I also watched The Seven Deadly Sins, which has been on my to-do list for a while. It's a Netflix original. Um, I'm also going to give that a high taste. So, uh, that's, that's one I enjoyed a lot as well. Um, that one's a little bit, it's an interesting mix of medieval times. You know, like any anime, it's so hard to describe this to people and have it make any sense. Yeah. I will just say Seven Deadly Sins is very good. Half the time, uh, like, just getting out the title is a fucking challenge, right? Oh, no joke. No, no joke. Seven Deadly Sins is actually an easy one to yeah. say for once. So yeah. um, I, I would recommend that as well. High tasted for that. Nice. All right. So, yeah, some animes. Anything else? Um, you know, did you, I, 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 I'm trying to remember from last week's episode, yeah. did you ever, had you finished or gotten all the way through, uh, Altered Carbon? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, last week's episode, I actually, I was the only one that finished it. Okay. Um, and, okay. uh, I, I couldn't remember if you made it all the way through or yes. if you had a couple episodes left. I, 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 I will chime in with you. It, it, that's an absolute Tupperware. Right. Me. I love it. Yeah, yeah, Harmon. Did you see Altered Carmen? Uh, I said Altered Harmon. Um, Alter- <laughs> <laughs> Harmon, have you been altered? Are you okay? Um, <laughs> I have not been altered, and I have not seen the show yet. <laughs> okay, yeah, I've been frozen in Harmonite. Um, let's see here. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> this episode just doesn't get better. Um, no, you've got- I'm telling you. With the thing is, with and I don't know what your experiences uh, experience was, Eric. But for me, Altered Carbon, I wasn't really like 100% sold on it until episode seven. I I, I love, I I enjoyed the other episodes, 
But yep. it wasn't until episode seven where it was just like, knock that out, uh, uh, that episode out, knock that episode out, knock that episode out. And I just, I, I just steamrolled through seven, eight, nine, and 10. I, I, it- it was about – it was a little earlier for me. I want to say it was about episode five. And the only reason was is what kept me going and liking it was like Poe. Poe was one of my favorite characters. Yeah, and yeah. It was the characters that kept popping up that kept driving me um, for the first portion. I'm like, I, I want to get through this. I like it. I like the world building they're doing. I like everything. I don't love it yet. And then by the time we, we got through episode five, I thought it started to become just a freight train building up steam, just powering through to the end. And I, by the end, I was just blown away. There were so many good characters, so much good acting, yeah. so many good performances. And what I thought was, was great was there was no stone left unturned in terms of the things they did. They didn't waste any little pieces as you went through mm-hmm. and, and I, I that really really impressed me i thought they did a great job of using everything they brought into the world and uh, you know everything from uh from the the ai that kept talking about humans as slaves and and everything you thought he was a throwaway character he yeah. wasn't a throwaway nope. character nope yeah, so they, every character they had at, at, in there had some kind of value to the story by the end, yeah. and I loved it. So yeah, it, it's a total tupper. That's a great me. point. Uh, I wanted to follow up that uh, Rebecca, who had only seen the first episode last week when we recorded, um, contacted me on Twitter and finished the series this week and she's also giving it a tupperware and she said she she ended the final episode in tears and so it it affected her on a deep level um and i'm sure it affected a lot of people on a deep level it was a man such a such a great fucking uh came out of like series kind of like i'd been following it i think for like maybe about a month and a half kind of like you know, yeah, Ultra Carbon's coming out. It's coming out. I hope it's good. You know, Blade Runner, blah, 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 you know. And then I started watching it. I was like, ah, this is just going to be another tasted. Fuck. And then all of a sudden, dude, it's like, you're right. Like episodes five, six got better. And then seven and eight just blew me away. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah. No, I, I'm very happy with that. So that – uh, that that was some good watching that that we had had this week as well. Um, other than that, uh, have you have, have you guys either of you guys started watching Waco yet? Yeah, I saw the first episode. I've got two on the DVR that yep. I've got to watch. But yeah, how, are yep. you through all three? I did. I, I got through all three. I know that uh, my cohorts on the Supercast um, they. Uh, both Jordan and David have absolutely they're loving this. I, I probably am not quite there with them, but it's very, very good. Yeah. And um, I, I, it's absolutely, uh, absolutely amazing what Taylor Kish, his performance is just mind boggling good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he is easily the standout. I, I'm surprised you haven't powered through it just for Melissa Benoist. Oh yeah, no, I've been watching my Supergirl and stuff like that. So I, I wanted to build up a couple episodes and then and then watch yeah. it that way. I've been watching a little bit of um just just mindless reality sure. <laughs> scripted reality TV and then some Deadwood yep. on the side. So Gotcha. Um how far are you on Deadwood now? I'm about six episodes in. So, okay. yeah, episode four was kind of like, whoa, oh my god, <laughs> and then, and so I'm, I just watch maybe like one episode every other day or something. So it's like I'm gotcha. not like blowing through it or nothing, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I would probably put Waco as a high as a high 
high tasted. Yeah. Um, I, I like, I like it. Um, I, I, and I'm similar to you. So I do have some shows. So the, the only real reality TV show I watch is top chef. I'm, I've been a top chef fan since oh, yeah. season yeah. one. So top chef is going strong. And then I, I know I talk about it every time and I'll keep pumping it. The magicians. It's one of the best shows for me on TV right now. Last there was an episode this week that just it, it really, really good shows always have like those one, two, three episodes that just make you go, Holy crap. In the season, you know, something that for some reason touches you or leaves you teary. And that was definitely this week's the magicians for me. They did a great job with a storyline huh. um, that just by the time the episode was over, you were just like, wow, Oh, that was awesome. So um, I will pump it once again. The Magicians, that's a Tupperware. Awesome. Yeah, I need to watch. I need to get on that one. Um, Harmon, what do you got, man? Yeah, so I uh, recently picked up the new Need for Speed game called Need for Speed Payback. Uh, it's available on, you know, your, your Xbox platform and your PS4. I believe it's out on PC as well. Uh, the game came out uh, kind of the middle of January, it's the second game in the Need for Speed franchise after the reboot in 2015. Uh, it's pretty fun overall. Uh, I give it a middle-of-the-road taste-it. Uh, they still have some of the, the iconic cars that are always in the franchise are there. So your, your Nissan GTRs, your, your Nissan Silvias, your Ford Mustangs. Uh, they are missing some of the bigger brands that were in the last game, uh, like the Toyota Corolla, the 8.6. Uh, the... The way you customize your vehicle is definitely way worse in the new one compared to the 2015 reboot. But there are some other cool mechanics in the game. So uh, every, like I think it's once a week, they uh, they change up. There's an abandoned car you can find, and you'll just randomly come across it on the map. And then you steal the car, and you have to make it back to your home base uh, and you know evade the massive police chase that ensues. Which is, uh, it's a pretty neat mechanic, and it's a neat way to expand your garage collection. Uh, the, but it, back to the customization, like, you can't just upgrade your, your tires, or you can't just upgrade your steering or your brakes. You have to earn these speed cars, which you get by beating missions, and you don't know what speed card you're gonna get, and they, they vary in a strange way. You can get one level three exhaust that somehow helps your brake. While the other level three exhaust helps your nitrous. It doesn't make a ton of sense versus just upgrading a certain part in your car. Um, but it's still, it's worth picking up and there are some neat DLC coming out for it. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's a pretty fun game. Yeah, very cool. Say, too, so just cause Brian's not asleep yet from video game talk, <laughs> but, um, dirt, are, have you been a Forza player or a dirt four player? How, or how, how would, if you have, how would you compare it or, I like the way because Forza had the like abandoned car mechanic as well. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they they really started that, and uh, it's it's pretty similar in that aspect. Um, so they have a a mechanic in this. Aside from the abandoned cars, there's also a derelict car, and you'll once you beat an entire car club, they'll tell you the location of the the chassis. So then you go and you find like the first one I found was a Volkswagen Beetle. And then you have to find four different parts for it, and then you can complete the car. And that's something I don't like is that once you have all the parts, you have to choose what style of car you're going to build. So they offer five different styles. There's an off-road, a race, a drift, a runner, and I think there's there's one other one. 
And uh, once you commit to oh drag, that was the other one. And uh, once you commit to that style, you can't change. So if you like with the the beetle that I had, I made it an off road beetle. I can't go back in and change my parts and then make it a drift beetle. It's dedicated just to being an off road car, and I don't like that. Whereas in the 2015 remake, I could build my car however I wanted, and if I got bored and wanted to change it up, it was super easy to do that. Nice. Cool. All right. Need for sleep. I'm sorry. Need for speed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any, anything else you got, Armin? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. Oh, right on. I, I wanted to wrap this segment up with a movie that I watched today. It was just released yesterday on Netflix, and it's called – it's a horror movie. It's called The – uh, the ritual, and it's a. Um, it came out of the. I guess this movie came like. I guess it initially released in the UK back in October, and Netflix bought the rights to it, and so now it's on Netflix. And uh, it's about it's reuniting reuniting after the tragic death of their friend. Four college pals set out to hike through the Scandinavian wilderness. A wrong turn leads them into the mysterious forests of Norse legend, where an ancient evil exists and stalks them at every turn. And um, I, it actually gets in, it, it, there's like a time jump in this one. You actually see how like the fifth friend um, dies and uh, what, what, you know, leading up to this trip. And that, I thought that that, that played out really well, them showing how the friend died and how that, how they incorporated that into the story. I think that worked out really well. Um, when I'm watching this, I kept thinking to myself, like, it's shot really well. Actually, uh, it's based on a novel by Adam Neville and, uh, Andy Serkis is one of the producers. Um, it's shot really well and, um, I, I kept thinking to myself, like, ah, it's, it, this is just very Blair Witch. They're just ripping off Blair Witch. It's like Blair Witch meets um, the hills. Uh, the hills have eyes. Meets this will make sense if you watch it. It meets Groot, um, and then and then um, somewhere along the line, like the last like thirty minutes of this movie, like it sticks the landing really well for a horror film. I. I was satisfied. I, I really liked this movie a lot. I, I, part of me wants to give it a Tupperware. I'm gonna give it a high taste it and recommend that 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 this movie could be a Tupperware easily for somebody that's a horror fan. I, I'm gonna give it a high taste it based on like. Um, I just felt like it, it did it did kind of pull a lot from like the Blair Witch at the beginning and was kind of slow at the beginning. I'd say like the first two acts of the of the movie are really slow and then the last half hour is just absolutely fantastic the the ancient evil this um this this creature that's in the forest looks fucking amazing looks really well uh done um the whoever was in charge of this creature that they created the character design and then even the effects they did a great job and it it was pretty terrifying and um i just think that and it's it's like an hour and 34 minutes so it's like a perfect length for the movie too it's not like you're looking at like 2 hours and 15 minutes of this shit so it's like it's it's paced really well um so i i'll give it a high tasted and i i do think that a lot a lot of people will tupperware this one at the end of the day so it's called uh, the ritual and it's on netflix so nice. 
Yeah, that sounds interesting. You said it dealt with like Norse mythology for kind of the big bad of the movie. Yeah, I mean that, that's they're in the um, they're in like the Scandinavian wilderness, and they they don't really like get into all that. It's it's based. I, I don't want to I don't want to spoil too much, but um, you do you get a little bit of exposition as far as like the the creature in the movie, a little bit. So. Oh, it sounds very interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I, the ending was actually really satisfying for me. I and a lot of horror films just don't stick that landing for me, you know. I, and I, I really enjoyed this. So I, the actors are really no names. I haven't seen them in anything. Um, they might be more prominent over in the UK, but I haven't seen them in anything over here. So, but yeah, definitely check it out. It's called The Ritual. So I am ready to move on into news. If you guys are. Let's do it. Let's go. Why am I asking? I'm the showrunner in this bitch. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's news time. Strap yourselves in, boys. News. read all about it. It's a of news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. All right, Movie Pass released a statement in which they have now passed 2 million subscribers and that they had helped to add $26 million in box office totals for Oscar-nominated films. So after they had the announcement of we're dropping the price from like 30 35 40 bucks for subscriptions down to $9.95, uh, they, they, they passed 1 million subscribers. Uh, maybe like a month later, they were at 1.5. Now they're at 2 million. And now they've helped add $26 million in box office totals for... Um, Oscar nominated films. So I think that that's fantastic. Those numbers are great. I hope that those numbers are real. Um, cause this announcement did come from, uh, Movie Pass. Um, so you never know if they fudge on the numbers a little bit. But, um, I, I and then also, like, do you guys remember seeing that story that Movie Pass was pulled from like 10 AMC theaters? Yes. Yeah. It wasn't AMC that pulled Movie Pass. It was actually Movie Pass that pulled out of those theaters. They're trying to send a message to AMC, like, hey, if you don't think that we're doing anything for you, well, let's pull out of 10 of your biggest theaters and see how that affects you. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, when the, when, when, the, when the news came out, everybody was like, oh, AMC pulled MoviePass out of 10 theaters. No, it was the, the other way around. I think MoviePass is kind of like playing hardball and – they want AMC to fill it now because like if, if you're one of these people in the surrounding area and it's like a metropolitan area where like you don't have to go to an AMC like you can go to a Regal or a Cinemark that right. means like but let's see like now that let's see where you are now now that we've pulled out of your theater let's see how well the Regals and Cinemarks do in that in that area and and let's see how how you guys are affected by this so that's good. That, that's good to hear because I, I I do not personally have movie pass. I don't see enough in the theater. I don't think right now to to justify me paying paying the monthly fee. But I I, I believe that it's a good thing for drawing people back into the theaters. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. I I'd like to see them prove that out and show it to AMC and get them on board because we know AMC was all but hurt early on because they wanted to do their own AMC yes. exclusive thing. So yeah. it's good to see. And they, and they're also like what they did is uh, they rolled this out. I just saw it this morning is they're offering now for a limited time. If you pay $115 up front, 
that's a year of movie pass and there's like a 1995 processing fee included but you get a year of movie pass which breaks down to like 795 a month and then also on top of that, you get access to their streaming service, which is called Fandor, which I believe is like a bunch of independent films. So, Interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty good deal. I mean, yeah, eight bucks yeah. a month, essentially. Sure. You can't go wrong there. Yeah. And I mean, you could be possibly introduced to a bunch of independent films that you've never seen before. So, you know, I'm sure they're, they're not going to have like fucking like the latest Transformers movie or you know what I mean? But you might be able to there might be some gems that are on there. So who knows? I don't know if I don't I don't know if I'm going to I, I did like when they dropped the price to like, what was it like eight bucks a month? Like if you if you paid for like the full year, you could pay for like the full year for like eighty bucks. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I I was kind of worried about the business model, so I thought like if I pay for the full year, what if happens if Movie Pass goes under? I'm out all the right. Rest. So I'll just pay the monthly. I you know I I used to pay like thirty bucks a month for my Movie Pass, so I'm just happy to be paying the ten bucks a month. To be <laughs> oh, honest yeah. with you, because like you know I go see like four or five movies in a month. You know, and even at the 30 bucks a month, it was well worth it. So, um, all right, next story. Sony could be up for sale soon. Uh, I don't know how legit this is, but so anyway, it means, okay, basically if Sony goes up for sale, that means that Sony is selling off Ghostbusters, Men in Black, Goosebumps, 21 Jump Street series, Jumanji. Uh, they're all up for sale, but that doesn't mean that the two big ones, James Bond and Spider-Man are in that sale. They might be off the market. Um, the report that I read came from Screen Rant, and they said the exact specifics of, of Sony's original deal with Marvel isn't known to the general public, but reports have stated that if Sony Pictures is sold to another studio, the Spider-Man movie rights, including their villain spinoffs, could automatically revert back to Marvel. Of course, Marvel already has a unique partnership with Sony to share the characters in their perspective, in their respective cinematic universes. Therefore, Disney doesn't need to acquire Sony unless they want the studio's other properties. So like, you know, I don't know. Like, this is coming off like the news. Like everybody's like so happy. Like, you know, the MCU has finally got Spider-Man. We can see Spider-Man in these movies. And then like now everybody's excited to see like the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. You know, in, in, in the MCU. And now we're hearing like Comcast is like possibly wanting to bid on, on this. That like they're willing to, Comcast is willing to overpay what Disney paid for, um, for Fox, which I don't know if that's, if anything's going to come of that, but, um, I don't know. I, I, I believe this report. It, it, it makes sense that this, that, that Spider-Man, those movie rights would revert back to Marvel. Um, and I think something is, uh, along the same lines with, um, with James Bond, I guess. Um, James Bond is from Sony through Columbia Pictures and that, um, Sony, what is it? MGM. I get, yeah, MGM, I guess, would get up. Let me just read this. Columbia Pictures co-produced and distributed Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace and then fully distributed Skyfall and Spectre through following MGM's bankruptcy. Now that their deal is up, though, the James Bond distribution rights are up in the air as Eon and MGM are looking to sign a one-picture contract for Bond 25, not a four-picture deal. But should Sony keep the relationship going? I don't know. I don't know what's up with Bond. But Sony should revert back to Marvel. 
No, yeah, I imagine that when those contracts were first written, there had to be some sort of, you know, foresight into the fact that someday Sony could get sold and Marvel would want those rights back. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it just doesn't, I don't know. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense that they would lose to Spider-Man. Who do you think would like bid on Sony? Of course, I think Apple would be in the running and maybe even Comcast, but like Disney, I don't think, I mean, I don't think like after, like right after acquiring Fox would be able to, able even to, to think about purchasing Sony Entertainment. I, you know, I, I, and I won't even pretend to be enough of a legal expert in all of this, but you, you would think that's, you would think that there would be monopoly concerns yeah. if after purchasing Fox within a year, well, hell, within six months, they start pursuing Sony. I, I find it hard to believe that that would get approved and go through. Apple would probably be the one that makes the most sense from what you said. Or, of course, you know, Netflix, because God knows they don't care about how much debt they're in. So they're, you know, <laughs> just write a check for it. No one's ever going to cash it anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, Netflix could. I don't know. Yeah, that's crazy to think about Netflix <laughs> purchasing. They're in so much debt anyway. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> we were just looking at that last night. They're in $20 billion worth of debt right exactly. now. Yeah, they're, they're way in debt. I don't know, man. I just, I don't like this. I don't like all these, like, studios, like, selling. It's scary, man. It's like one of these. It movies, is scary. Everything's just going to be yeah. Disney and Apple. It's like, fuck. So, yeah, um, we have that's uh, the thing, like different studios always had their own kind of flavor. Like, yeah. And you don't I don't want to see that go to the wayside. If that makes any sense. No, you know, I I agree. I totally agree. I'm interested to see what happens. I'm still very interested to see what happens to like. Yeah, unless you guys have seen anything, I haven't yet on like, you know, for instance, Fox Searchlight, you know, those kinds of things. What happens to those in the new model that's coming? Yeah, so I'm, I'm curious to see where that that may ease our our concerns, and it may not. Mm-hmm. I don't know, and I, you know, I mean, we don't honestly, we don't even know if the Disney Fox deal is like going to actually even pass. Right. You know, right, right, right. I mean, it could fall apart. We'll see. We'll find out. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right, Harmon. It, I feel like it's like the less studios you have, the less directors are going to get hired, the less people, uh, people are out of jobs, you know? It's like, everybody's like so happy about, oh, I get to see Fantastic Four in a Marvel movie. It's like, yeah, well, little Timmy's dad doesn't, isn't, is, just got fired and is not, there's no money coming in anymore, you know? So it's like. Right, and that's a very real concern. Like, it is. It really is. It sucks. Uh, it sucks. It's it's one of those things where, like, I, you know, like, and I'm not trying to be like, you know, fucking a downer about this shit. I'm really not. I I would love to see Marvel have like the rights to the Fantastic Four and X Men. I just wanted them to buy the rights to those. I didn't want to see like the whole death of a fucking studio. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's that's it, it. Just means because like I really enjoyed like what, what Fox was doing with like you know like Logan and Deadpool and and I wanted to see like. Like what they were going to be able to do with like uh you know cable and x force and um you know now we we're not going to get to see that so um we'll see what we'll see what happens it'll be it'll be um disney in charge of those characters here shortly uh we've got new news about the disney streaming service uh from deadline they said there will be no r-rated films and the programming will be consistent with the disney brand the rated r stuff will go on hulu the plan now is to leave the various Marvel series where they are, which means Netflix will hang on to its superhero inventory. 
The goal in the first year is to generate four to five original movies and five TV series for the streaming service. Ladder will cost between 25 million to 35 million for 10 episodes, but an exceptionally ambitious series could have a budget cap of 100 million for that 10 episode season. Um, so they're talking maybe like 10 million an episode, um, which is not quite Game of Thrones territory, but still, that's that's a not lot. Not that far off. Not that yeah. far off, yeah. Um, some of the movie projects that they're talking about, nothing that I'm excited in. Uh, Don Coyote um, from a Billy Ray script, Lady and the Tramp, The Paper Magician, Stargirl to be directed by Julia Hart, and Togo to be directed by Erickson Kaur. In post-production, and bound for the streaming service are the Mark Waters directed Magic Camp and Mark Loris direct, uh, directed Noel with Anna Kendrick, Bill Hader, and Shirley MacLaine. Um, as far as like I guess priority priority development projects include Three Men and a Baby, Sword in the Stone, and Timmy Failure. The latter of which Spotlight director Tom McCarthy in the creative mix. How much you want to bet that, that Three Men and a Baby is going to have the Rock in it? How much you want to bet? Oh, I'd put money down on that for sure. Yeah, I'm not taking that bet anyway. No yeah. way. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, dude. If they do a three men and a baby reboot, reboot, I'm saying it's the, it's probably the Rock, Jack Black, and Kevin Hart again, like the Jumanji guys, right? That sounds exactly like something they would do, right? Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, let's see here. On the TV side, they're talking about High School Musical and animated Monsters Inc. series. A Marvel live action title and a Star Wars branded title. I wonder if they're going to move. No, 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 no R rated stuff. So I, I think they definitely want to keep like um, the Runaways, which did have some language in it. Probably keep that on Hulu, which I think is great. So, yeah, but this definitely went, this goes back to like the argument that me and Jake had originally that I I told Jake I, I said I did not think that. Disney would want to have like R-rated stuff on there and Jake said that no they'll call it Swiss cheese. I don't think they're calling it Swiss cheese or whatever he was going to call. It. This is going to be called Disney something or other. That I'm I'm still sticking to that. And and it's just going to be it's going to be wholesome programming. What I do think yeah. is interesting is if they do like you mentioned like a, a live action Marvel show, if they do like a more wholesome version of that for that like a younger kid could watch i think that could be a great money maker for them yeah yeah um like like uh what was the one that they were doing like are they is that squirrel girl show still coming out that's right uh it's not west coast avengers uh but yeah they're they're doing a a squirrel girl led team show yeah yes. yeah yeah they were doing that and I, I know the freeform's getting the uh cloak and dagger you know and i saw the trailer for that and it looks okay um I didn't hate it. I thought it looked okay. I thought it looked good enough. Um, but, um, yeah, I want, I, Marvel action, Mar, Marvel live action title. It's not going to be like anything close to like, you know, that we're seeing like on the Netflix stuff with, the, with like, you know, Kingpin like slamming heads and doors and shit. So, I don't right. Know, yeah. So it's got to be like family friendly. Live, Marvel live action title. Like, we're not going to get Moon Knight on that. So, I wonder, like, are they going to introduce, like, darker characters on Netflix still? Like, new characters? Like, oh, could we get, like, a Moon Knight series on that? Or would they move that potentially to Hulu because they're going to own Hulu? I don't know. Makes you I mean, I imagine, yeah. like, if the, if they do end up, you know, buying Hulu, that eventually that stuff would kind of make its way over there. 
that would just make sense. That way they can have that more mature content under that roof. Yeah. Versus having new content there, but you still have to have your Netflix membership to watch, you know, Daredevil. Well, they bought Fox. So Fox owns 60% of Hulu. So now they're the majority owners of Hulu. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. They could, they could absolutely. It makes me wonder if like, you know, if all these deals like, you know, that they have, like these existing deals that they have with Netflix with all these series, like if they run their course, if they could, if they could start, I don't know, because like those are considered Netflix originals. Like I think that they might just want to keep everything all there together on one service. So I don't know. Yeah, you know, it's it. I I think we need to probably get another six months to yeah. a year down the road before we start seeing all this crystallize and yeah. see what they're gonna. Yeah. What they're actually going to do because those the scenarios all make sense. I mean, in the end, why at at some point, especially not just for the Disney streaming service, but with them having majority ownership of Hulu, Netflix has become a pretty much a rival to them. So why are you going to allow your content to continue to be produced? Which is one of the reasons we I I think Netflix you know got so got into bed with Mark Miller. I mean they they yeah. You know, they, 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 uh, right, wrong, or indifferent in terms of, of the amounts of debt that they are piling up. They are, they've at least tried to make the moves to try. They saw all this coming. They saw the writing on the wall and they tried to make a lot of these moves with, you know, to keep themselves viable five, 10 years down the road. Yeah. So you got to give them credit for that. Yeah. I'm getting through it. I'm just getting sick of all these, these, um, new streaming services getting announced all the time. Like, I've talked, oh, I know. I've talked about it before, but like, I, everybody's going to remember the golden age of streaming services when it was just Netflix, Amazon, and, and uh, Hulu, and I mean that's like we're finding out. Viacom is planning on starting their own streaming service now, so that that means MTV, Nickelodeon, Comedy Central, like those, all those programs that are on those channels. There, we're gonna see those on like Viacom streaming. So that means all the South Park episodes, all the South Park seasons gone from Hulu. Like like right now, if I want to watch South Park on Hulu, I can. It's all there. Every season's there, and if I want to like. The day after South Park airs on Comedy Central, I can go to Hulu and watch it uncensored. So that means like Mr. Mackey drops the F-bomb. I get to hear it. And like now I don't want to pay for fucking Viacom to watch like Nathan for you or, you know, uh, South Park. I, I just I want to just be able to right. I'm getting sick. Fucking off Facebook. Facebook watch. Have you guys heard about this shit? Oh. Oh God! Yes. Facebook oh, Watch. Okay, we got YouTube Red. Now we've got Facebook Watch throwing their hat in the ring, and Facebook Watch just signed uh, Elizabeth Olsen to a dramedy series, a half-hour dramedy series. So it's like I don't know. I'm getting sick of all these 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 streaming services. Like I'm so glad that one of them died. That Yahoo streaming. I'm glad it died. Like community season five of community was on there and then Yahoo streaming died. More of them need to die. than no, they, they will. You know, they will. We're going to reach a point where they it, because I, I, I think I'm probably pretty average when it comes to this and saying, you know, I won't pay for more than three or four total. Yeah. I, I cut. I, that's why I cut my cable bill. I'm not going to turn around and go back to cable bill levels with, you know, umpteen different services, especially, you know, when it, when a CBS or an NBC, when they, those guys are charging six ninety nine and seven ninety nine a month for their services. And I, 
I'm not going to pay that. And yeah. you don't have, I don't want to go back and watch, you know, I, I, as much as I love Cheers, I'm not going to pay for a streaming service just so I can watch, you know, Cheers whenever I want and all that stuff. I, I, I don't care that much. And then, and they're not going to be able to survive with everything on individual streaming services. It's yeah. just not going to, it's, it, we will reach a point of, of maximum, exposure and it's going to have to shrink down yeah again. yeah it's it's and and with these these new streaming services it's creating new original programming and like god forbid that some of it's good you know <laughs> it's like that's, <laughs> that's the thing it's like i you know for like a longest time it was like out of the streaming services like if i had to give up one it was like oh i can give up hulu and now i can't even do that because it's like okay i watch casual i watch the handmaid's tale i watch you know I'm, i am watching south park on there you know they you know and it's like and uh it, it's getting to the point now where like fuck this karate kid youtube red show i i harman dude i I can't pay for youtube red i might like get like the free month and like binge the series but past that i i don't think that i want to pay for youtube red you know and i love i love ralph macchio i love uh you know zap uh, what's his name billy zapka i love those guys i want to see the show but not 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 if i have to pay for youtube red which has nothing else to offer me except for like zero commercials that's something that's probably going to change a little bit too, because what you're talking about is probably where a lot of people will go. I mean, there's going to reach a point like I, I, I only when they drop new stuff, do I have something typically to watch on Netflix? Now I've watched most of the content I care about. So it's probably going to get to the point where you will only have two or three at any given time. And you'll, You'll keep, you know, you'll, I'll get Netflix for two, three months. I'll binge the shows I want. I'll drop that. Now I'll pick up Hulu and I'll yeah. binge binge the shows I watch that want to watch then. You that know? makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, to an extent, there's already people that do that. Like my oh, Netflix yeah. sample, like I think Netflix, you can actually put it on hold, which I mean, I, I could see more companies going that route because um, yeah. that way your, your membership is still there. Yeah. You just, and then when you're ready to watch Runaways, then you go to Hulu, you pay for your month, they get their money and you get your content. Well, right. I even did that with PS View already too. That PS View, I what I cared about was not the the live shows. I care I cared about football. So I had it active for six months during football season, and then I canceled for six months, and then I pick it up for six months again. So instead of paying forty bucks a month, I'm paying twenty bucks a month by the time it's averages out for the year. Yeah, yeah, because like even was like uh, even with Red Zone, you don't get to see like every full game. You know what I mean? Right. And you only get to see right. like when they're in the red zone. So. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And actually, I could almost see it going kind of like how how a movie pass dropped their prices, and then they were doing that bundle where you buy so many months or you buy a year at a discounted mm-hmm. price. Maybe these streaming services would do something like that too. I'm being a hypocrite. I'm being. A, well, I think I'm being a hypocrite. And I, let me explain this. I'm talking about like how how competition cre- uh, creates creativity. You know, it, it 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 competition makes creativity, and it's like. I'm basically saying, oh, I don't want any more streaming services because of my wallet. And I, I, I should be happy that these, you know, we're getting new content and people are competing with each other so that they're forcing each other to make better content and blah, 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 blah. But I don't know. There, there's something about you, <laughs> cable companies and direct TV and just, this is like associated with that, these streaming services. It's like well, they've had their <laughs> lining their pockets. Drives me kind of mm-hmm. nuts. So, 
it, you know, it, and someone that, that for the last decade of my life worked with those companies and worked in the cable billing industry in the background, I, I, I totally get it. And I, I even said this a while ago. So a perfect example, I mean, look, look, what bothers me about a lot of corporate America is that a lot of them will will are so stuck in their ways that they don't think about how that they can turn around and work with their customer base and what their customers want. So a, an example for me was comics. I mean, I hadn't touched a comic in years, and that's when suddenly digital started and, and the CBR format started to become big. Well, I knew it was piracy. I knew that, but I would... But one of the things that I would always say when I was downloading those years ago was I hadn't touched at or looked at a comic or any comic material such as fig action figures or any of that in 15 years, 20 yeah. years. Since yeah. high school, I hadn't touched them. So these things start coming out, and I'm reading these comics that I'm not going to go pay four bucks for, but I can read them for free on my computer. Well, now I'm collecting my Justice League action figures again. I'm purchasing animated movies when mm. they come out. And and that's where I wish these companies would start to realize, even going back to the days of Napster, one of the things that always bothered me when Metallica got on their high horses about the music industry was you guys are going out and suing your customers. You're suing, trying to sue the people that are, are listening to your music. Now, meanwhile, you've got Iron Maiden who goes out there and, and they look at the numbers and they say, okay, what, what area is our most pirated area? It's, it's in South America. I forget which country. I think it was Brazil, but, and what Iron Maiden says, okay, let's go do a concert tour in Brazil. And they make mad's amount of money. They sell ticket after ticket, show after show. And that's using those things to your advantage to where it benefits both your customer base and you as a company. And I think that's what we haven't been seeing with 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 these cable companies and everything. So hopefully they continue to start to wake up to these things. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, you can definitely see it like with like Comcast their, their customer service is rated terribly and yep. so yeah, hopefully this will this will spark some change. Um let's uh let's move on into some other news here. I I wanted to talk about did you guys see that we're getting a trilogy of V movies? No. I have not heard this. Did Okay, uh have both of you watched the the original V? Yes. I've seen a few episodes. Okay, okay. I loved it. Me too. I dude, I remember I remember like in the eighties growing up and watching this on TV. It oh. terrified me as a child. Dude, you're <laughs> you're in my age range. That was the yes. thing back yes. then. Oh. And it that I, I would draw fake tattoos with pen of the V symbol that yeah. was kinda like the I don't know, a wannabe swastika in a way, but I mean it was just so cool for kids our age. Yeah. I I remember like um just the commercials used to freak me out with the black screen and the the, the red V and and then just the, I, then when I realized that the the that the aliens were lizard people I was just like oh my god oh, yeah. oh yeah. spoilers I didn't get that far <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like over thirty years old um, <laughs> but uh, I loved the V movies uh, the V um, TV um, event that they had in the eighties, I was a huge fan. And then like, I even jumped back on back in 2009, they had the, the yep. V 
series with it had Marina Baccarin and Morris Chestnut, Scott Wolf, Laura Vandervoot. From, who, who she was um, Supergirl in uh, Smallville, and then um, the second season they had Brett Harrison. I love him, but I loved that, and it, of course it left us after two seasons. Yeah. It got canceled and left us on a cliffhanger. But um, it was a good show. It was, it was great. A good show. It was great. So um, Desilu Studios has teamed up with original V creator Kenneth Johnson and released this statement via Digital Spy. Quote, we are delighted to team up with Desilu to bring the timeless and timely story of resistance against tyranny in the 21st century. V will be the first of a cinematic trilogy, which will tell the full epic tale in the manner I always envisioned. Um, so basically the story of V is it's like these ships just show up around the world and people are freaking out. Um, then they finally start to communicate with us and they tell us that they want to work with us and all this other stuff. We're, we're betrayed and we find out they're lizard people. And so it's, it's, I loved this fucking series. Um, Mark Singer, the Beastmaster yes, himself. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Oh man, so good. And so, who else? I, wasn't Robert England in it too? I think he was actually. I think it was, yeah. I, cause I, and I, I remember Mark England and then, uh, Michael Ironside. Those were the three main yeah. ones that I remember. But yeah, I love the original series. I did too. I love the original series. And it's, it's one of those things where like now they're going to be doing it for TV, uh, for movies and like with a movie budget. I guess it all comes down to like what studio is going to buy this and like who's going to be putting this out. Like, I don't know. Cause like you can't, yeah. it's not, it's not going to be like, and how are they going to do it? Is it going to be like horror, horror slash sci-fi? Um, I definitely want it to be very science fiction, but at the same time, I don't know. It needs to have a big budget. You can't do this on like a Blumhouse Studios budget. You can't do like five to ten million. Like this has to be kind of like this kind of has to be kind of like close to like um, I want to say like what's that Independence Day type of budget? Like the new Independence Day that came out. This has to be a bigger budget for them to pull off um, this film. But um, I guess it all depends on like who they're going to get to direct it. I, I think it's it's encouraging that they've got the original creator here involved though. Yeah, I'm excited to hear this. I had not heard this, so you made my day with this. I'm I'm happy. Yeah. Did you say happy or fappy? Fappy sounds happy. like you're, you're going to go beat it when you're done. <laughs> well, very, I didn't very... say it wasn't going to be fappy <laughs> later. I'm just happy right now. I'm happy gonna... then fappy. That's normally the order that it goes in. Most guys fappy to the V. It's true. Like most guys <laughs> do. <laughs> I know my. I usually do myself. So, yeah, V, man. Hey, Harmon, you need to get on the original series, dude. The shit was really good. It was really good. Yeah, I actually uh, I went down and hung out with Rebecca last month. And she ended up telling me about the series. And there's a there's a group of cosplayers in Rhode Island, which I live right next to there. And uh, they do full on V cosplay with like the they had some weird looking like dune buggy car. Yeah. And they've always got that set up at the conventions. And that was my first introduction to it a few years ago where oh, the, nice. this cosplay group. Yeah, there, oh, at, nice. After the after the new season, like the 2009 to 2011 series got canceled, I joined up. Like, there's like a Facebook group. I don't know if they disbanded or not, or if I'm still even in it. They haven't done anything that's popped up on my wall. But there was like a a group to like you know they petitioned to bring back V and all this stuff, and you know you post those posts all over social media and stuff like that, but. Um, they should be very happy that we're getting um, a trilogy of movies. Hopefully it's not one of these fucking trilogies like you only get the first movie and then it sucks 
and then 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 we or it doesn't make its money back and then you know it's like we get fucking three maze runners movies but we can't get three fucking v movies you know i'll be pissed so anyway and i know some 50 people shades of gray bullshit oh god Ugh. dude those are gonna hit a billion dollars a i billion. know it just is just it, yeah. it really it destroys my faith in humanity hey, when that shit happens i'll tell you one thing no they, i'll tell you one thing that that fucking movie Dude, it, it brought BDSM into the mainstream. Like, that's an accomplishment. Like, you can hate these movies as much as you want to, and they're terrible. I went to the theater and watched the first one in the theater just so we could review it on this show because we thought it'd be funny. And um they did accomplish something, though, by bringing, you know, like, BDSM into the mainstream. <laughs> hey, for some of us, BDSM it always has and always will be mainstream. <laughs> sure. So we didn't need a movie like that. Yeah, but there's, like, hardcore, so, like, that's not how it is, you know? <laughs> and, like, and, of course, like, the guy has to be a fucking billionaire for the girl to want to do it. Anyway. Yeah. Do you know how those books, like, started being written, right? No. They were Twilight fan fiction. Nothing other than the name. They were started out as Twilight fan fiction. Really? And now look what they have become. Really? Wow. Wow. God, fucking Twilight Strikes again. Jesus. Where you least expect it. Yeah. Uh, Amazon is developing a Conan the Barbarian series. Uh, Deadline had the exclusive. Amazon is developing drama series Conan based on the books by Robert E. Howard. Deadline has learned the project hails from Colony co-creator Ryan Condal. Um, did any of you guys watch Colony on USA? Yes. Very, I did not. Very good show. Two seasons. Yeah, I watched both seasons. Yep. Are we getting a third? I don't know. I have not seen anything of whether there will be a third or not. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Colony co-creator Ryan Condal is involved in this. Uh, Game of Thrones director Miguel Sapochnik, Fargo and The Handmaid's Tale executive producer Warren Littlefield, Pathfinder Media and Endeavor Content. So, Condal admits to having a personal obsession with the material, which Sapochnik also has been a life, uh, a longtime fan of, leading to their collaboration on the project with the creative goal to return to the original Howard literary works and produce a series that is faithful to the spirit of Conan. Um, and guys, I want to, okay, I, I loved Colin, love Colony. I think it's great. So you got Ryan Condal involved. You've got M- Miguel Sapochnik from Game of Thrones, which like ton, there's tons of Game of Thrones directors, but l- let me throw out this guy out there. He directed in season five, The Gift and Hard Home. He directed Hard Home, which really? is like, that's the big one. I love Hard Home. Great yeah, episode. It was a great episode. Season six, another big one here. Battle of the Bastards. Wow. Yeah. So he's their, he's their epic guy. Yeah. And he also did the Winds of Winter. And he's going to direct two more episodes in season eight. But like, it's not like this is just like, oh, okay, here's, here's a, uh, Alan Taylor. You know, it, this is fucking Miguel Sapochnik. I mean, this guy's directed some of the best episodes of Game of Thrones. He's perfect for this world of Conan. He has an attachment to the character. Ryan Condal on Connie, really, really talented, uh, you know, co-creator of that show. Loves the character of Conan. They want to do it justice. I, I am fucking, and it's on Amazon who can put them, they can put some money into this series. I am over the fucking moon for this series. It all comes down to like, who are they going to cast as Conan? Because the last time we got a Conan on screen, it was Jason Momoa and the movie was terrible. So 
I don't know. It all depends on like who they're going to cast to play Conan. I mean, Conan is such an iconic character. I mean, Schwarzenegger did a fantastic job, and even the like the the books that they were based off of with the the Frank Frazetta art. Like Conan's just so incredibly badass. Yeah. There's no one I can think of off the top of my head who can who can do that on a TV budget. Me either. But with Amazon money, I mean, who knows who they can get? Yeah. That's yeah, I, I don't know, Eric, were you ever a Did you did you guys watch the the two Conan movies? The originals? Yeah, the the Schwarzeneggers. Yeah. Were you fans of them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh definitely. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. In fact, I I still my mom my mother passed away in 2004. Among the things that I am still to this day mad at her about mm. is she would not let me go to Conan the Destroyer alone because one of my friends one of my friends was supposed to go and then he couldn't make it and she would not allow me to go to the mall to watch it alone yeah. and I still get angry about it to this day when I talk about it. <laughs> Damn it! Uh, you destroyed my childhood. Oh my god, she ruined it, yeah. ruined it. Conan the Destroyer, how about Mommy the Destroyer, huh? How about that? Uh, I need to go see my therapist. I'm telling, I, I really enjoyed, like, I was into the, uh, there was a great Conan run in the comics by Brian Wood that he did five, six, seven years ago or whatever it was, and I was reading those as they came out, and they were really good, and I don't know, man, I, I love this kind of stuff. I just I want him to do justice to. I was really kind of like looking forward to, like when Arnold Schwarzenegger announced that yeah I'm going to come back and I'm going to do the Conan movies. I'm going to be like old King Conan, and we're going to finally get like that story. And then like nothing happened with it, and then people kept dropping off the project, and it just I mean it's gone into like you know pre production hell. It's like never going to happen. Um, I don't know. And then like I. I I would love to see like a Red Sonia series too on top of this, you know? I I think that that would be great. But um I'm looking forward to this, man. There's some talent behind this. Who would you cast for a Red Sonia? Red Sonia, shit, man. That's a tough one. I know, I'm trying to think who And that it's a commitment too. Whatever actress that you that you cast, she has to literally stay in like top peak physical condition yeah but, then, but, but i think that we've all what, what one of the things gal Gadot showed in the wonder woman part is that the the idea that you can break the mold of what that bot you know you don't need yeah. uh what, yeah. what was her name bridget nielsen is that yeah bridget that nielsen yeah. yeah 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 so you don't need a bridget nielsen to play that part but you do need someone that is is physically fit and you're right that they're on that edge for a while yeah. but i'm trying to think who no one jumps out at me at it'd probably be an unknown man they'd probably go to that yeah. unknown well yeah. yeah yeah i don't know man that'd be uh, dude i you got a uh, he's got to be fighting like you got to introduce like monsters and other stuff into this world too you know and yeah. demons and all these things, man. I can't. I'm looking forward to it. If they can nail the casting of Conan, if they can get a guy in there that I can get behind, man, I'm all for this because they've that's some talent. Amazon is like opening up the purse strings. Oh, Miguel Sapochnik, bring him on. Uh, yeah, Ryan Connell, bring him on. Oh, uh, those executive that executive producer from The Handmaid's Tale, bring him on. It's like shit. They're going all out. I love it. So I'm excited about Amazon. 
Um, we're getting another Amazon series. This one I'm not so sure I'm excited about. It's, uh, it's, it's here it is. It's, it's from Deadline exclusive. Amazon is developing Outrider, a Western drama series with Arnold Schwarzenegger attached to star and executive produce. Um, and so it's, it's about, I, Outrider is a mystery set in the Oklahoma Indian Territory in the late 1800s. It tells the dark and dangerous tale of a deputy who is not only tasked by a notoriously brutal judge with apprehending a legendary outlaw in the wilderness, but must also partner with a ruthless federal marshal to make sure justice is properly served. And as the story unfolds, not only will enemies become allies, but a series of unpredictable surprises will blur the line between good guys and bad. And so, like, this is, if this series does move forward, it'll be Arnold's first role in a television series. I, I don't know. I'm not really excited for this. And I, I don't know if I have any reason to not be. It's just I haven't been excited with anything he's done post-Governator. So, I mean, I love westerns, Me too. and yeah. he he did a movie a few years back. I think it was called The Last Stand, and even though it was a modern movie, it still had a very western feel to it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was really well done. I I really enjoyed that movie. So if he could bring a, a performance like that to the small screen, I think there's a, a great opportunity here to be a great western show. That's funny that you said that because I, rem- I I could remember the movie The Last Stand. I did not see it, but I was going to ask if either of you had seen that one. So that's it's interesting that you bring that up, and that that makes me feel a little more hopeful. Yeah, that you saw it and liked it. I love westerns. I'm going to give this a shot, though. It's not like I'm just going to be like ah, Arnold. Schwartz. I'm too. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. And I I want Arnold to do something good, man. This is like a like a hero of mine when I was growing up. Like he was like the the physical embodiment of an action figure you know like (laughs) he was just amazing like every movie he came out with was just like an event back in the 80s and and early 90s so i wanted i wanted to do well so we'll see yeah uh arnold schwarzenegger in a western um i guess i don't know cloverfield 5 might exist and it might be starring daisy ridley i guess there's a movie that's called a drama, supernatural drama called Colma. And this news comes from Screen Rant. The film is based on a 2003 Israeli TV movie titled All I've Got about a man who dies in a car accident and waits for his girlfriend on the other side. When she dies, she must decide if she wants to return to the day of the accident and relive her life or reunite with her lost love. Daisy Ridley has been attached to star in the film, directed by Marielle Heller, the script by Megan Holly. And so they're talking about uh, that this movie shares a lot of DNA with other films in the Cloverfield universe. First of all, it's a bad robot production um, and distributed by Paramount, like all the other films. Um, Heller is recently a new director whose credits include, uh, include some TV and film, uh, The Diary of a Teenage Girl, as well as the upcoming Mr. Rogers biopic starring Tom Hanks. Um, Holly is known for writing Sunshine Cleaning, blah, blah, blah. Basically, they're saying, like, this could be the next, um, Cloverfield film that's being, that's coming out. It could be Cloverfield, Cloverfield 5 might exist. So, I don't know. I, I'm getting really sick of these, um, Cloverfield movies that are not originally written to be a Cloverfield film and then just slap the name on. Yeah. 
it seems like that's just like a trend lately. Like for all I know, Cloverfield six and seven can already be halfway through production because sure. lately it seems like everything's a Cloverfield movie. Well, part four was actually part four. We know is actually it's supposed to be part of the Cloverfield franchise. Like it's never supposed. It was never supposed to have been anything else but a Cloverfield movie. But like for five, I don't know. It could be like another Cloverfield paradox where like it's a completely different movie. And yeah, check this out. Check this out. Um, let's see here. Yeah. Um, the stars of Cloverfield Paradox revealed, um, yeah, David Oyello, who played Captain Keel in Cloverfield Paradox, revealed in a Facebook Q&A that neither he nor any of the cast knew the title of the film while filming and that they didn't know it until the night of the Super Bowl when it was revealed to everyone else. That's insanity. Yes. Really? Yes. I'm yes. surprised they managed to keep the title under wrap for that long. They didn't even tell the cast. Like that that's crazy. Yeah. Like like it was supposed to be called like what was it called? Like originally uh God Particle was the title and then like then it was going to be called like uh Cloverfield Station, Space Station and then you know, and then of course, then it got the Cloverfield paradox. I guess Netflix paid fifty million dollars to buy it off Paramount, and Paramount spent forty-five on it. So Netflix paid fifty million dollars for the Cloverfield paradox, which would have bombed in the theaters probably. And then they paid for all the marketing too. Like, well, if I remember right, didn't I read? Maybe it was someone that posted it. I thought, or maybe it was an article, but didn't isn't that a about the profit level that Ten Cloverfield Lane made too. Yeah, like like how much did Ten Cloverfield Lane cost though? Right. Well, I think that was only that was under ten, right? I mean, that was like a Bloomhouse type of it was production. It, yeah, it was a modest. I mean, it made a profit. It was very modest, but what it like you know what I mean like, as far as like the budget. So right. But I don't, I don't know. And well, the rap found out that all future Cloverfield movies that coming out into the theaters, uh, excuse me, rap found out that all future movies from the Cloverfield universe will be released in theaters. They're not going to pull this Netflix stuff ever again. This is, that was a one time only thing. And I think it's because they knew that they had a stinker on their hands. So production budget is not available, at least on box office mojo, but the domestic gross for 10 Cloverfield Lane was 72. Okay. 72. I mean, IMDb will have, like, what it, you know. IMDb should have it. I think I've looked it up before. Yeah. I've looked, I know I've looked it up before. I know it made a profit. I was just curious in yeah. comparison how it, how it did. So that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I I could, I'd have to look it up, but um, no, not that big deal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> did you guys hear about Alex Garland and his, let's see here, Alex Garland, the director for Ex Machina? Have you guys both seen Ex Machina? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was like one of my favorite movies um, coming out of yeah. 2015. It was or six. Yeah, 2015. Um, Anyway, it's, uh, he's got his new movie coming out, Annihilation, coming out February 23rd. And, um, I'm really looking forward to that. Like, the Twitter reactions for Annihilation are just praising it. They're saying, like, this is, um, 
I don't know. This is like the next big science fiction film. Like this is, um, it, this could be considered a masterpiece one day. And, and a lot of people are saying like Annihilation could easily be on like their top 10 list at the end of the year. Um, I'm hearing that it is a really slow burn and that audiences might not love this one. So it probably won't make its money back in the theater, which is a damn shame because it's going to be like another one of those, like, like Blade Runner 2049, where it's a great fucking movie, a huge budget, but I mean, just probably will not make that money back in the box office. But, um, what, what, what was, but by the same token, what was the one, oh, Jesus, that just came out last year that, um, with Jeremy Renner that did Arrival, right? Yeah, it's Arrival. Yeah. Arrival did pretty well, didn't it? Yeah, I think Arrival did actually really well, right? Yeah, so I mean, may, so may, maybe, maybe yeah. it grabs audiences like Arrival did. It could. It really could. Um, I'm hopeful. I am too. God, I love, I love Alex Garland, and that's why I wanted to talk about this. He's developing an eight-part sci-fi series for FX. And um, he talked a little bit about it with Fandango. Quote, the next project, provided it happens, hopefully we're going to shoot it later this year. And it's an eight-part television series for FX. It's a sort of science fiction, but it's a much more technology-based sci-fi, whereas Annihilation is more hallucinogenic form of sci-fi and more fantastical form of sci-fi. So apparently, like, he's written all the episodes and he hopes to direct the entire eight-part series. And so I... Fuck, dude. I An Alex Garland TV show on FX, this is... And he's written and hope, hopes to direct the whole thing. I'm like, oh, God, if we can get this um, later this year or early next year, I'll be fucking thrilled. I mean, it's, that sounds really great, because... I don't think we've had a, a real great sci-fi show on like a, a regular cable channel in a while. Mm, I would argue sci-fi has put a couple things up there. Dark Matter was good, so there, there, there's some shows out there, but nothing that's that's really blown up. So that, that's what we need to see is something that that blows up on the the level of a. Yeah, you know, an an Orville or something like that. Yeah, it'd be great to see. I don't know, man. Just like. Uh see what Alex Garland can do like without a time restraint of telling a story within like two hours. Give him like eight hours to see what he can do. I'll be interested. Oh, absolutely. Um, Brian Fuller, one of the showrunners who now isn't with American Gods recently, he, he's now stepped away from uh, Amazing Stories on uh, from, from Apple. Apple was going to do Amazing Stories. I was really looking forward to that. Um, they've got Steven Spielberg uh, I believe producing this and Brian Fuller has now stepped away from Apple, uh, citing creative differences. According to THR, the split is said to be amicable. Fuller, who originally developed and amazing stories for NBC before it moved to Apple with a series pickup is said to have wanted to do a black mirror type show, which sources to say was not something the iPhone maker had in mind. Um, and then the article also goes on to say, you know, it talks about what happened with Brian Fuller and Michael Green over at Stars with American Gods. But I want to talk about this uh, first. Yeah, so Apple is wanting to have their content kind of like in line with like the Disney stuff and make it really family friendly so that they can play it in their stores. And so he was wanting to do something a little bit more adult like the Black Mirror stuff. No. And they were like pulling back on that and saying no. 
and trying to restrain this guy, the guy that like, you know, worked on Hannibal and American Gods <laughs> and trying to tell him that he has to do something a little bit more like, you know, you can't do Black I'm, Mirror. Yeah. I'm good with that. That's what Amazing Stories I am too. Was. You're was, right. I don't need another Black Mirror. Yes. Just like Amazing Stories back in the day was an offset to The Outer Limits, to The Twilight Zone, yeah. to those kinds of shows that we saw. Amazing Stories was a more wholesome version of that. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad to hear this. If that's the direction he was going, I'm glad they said thanks, but no thanks. We don't want that for this. 100% agree. Like, uh, did you, like, Amazing Stories was the one where, like, the plane's landing and they have yes. like, the cartoon wheel. The cartoon, yeah. cartoon wheels. Yeah. Did, yes. Was it the one with the kids playing kick the can as well? Yes. Yeah. No, that was no. that was that was that was uh, Twilight Zone. I always get it confused because yeah, because <laughs> I, I watched them as a kid. And but anyway, yeah, the that amazing stories. I loved that shit. And like that, you're absolutely right. It's not. It doesn't like not not all these stories kind of like end with doom and gloom. You know, it's right. So the, and that's if Brian Fuller was wanting to do that with this, he's got it all wrong. Right. Yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. I don't know. Um, is that is that uh, is that shit too old for you, Harmon? The Amazing Stories stuff. See, I never watched Amazing Stories. Yeah. Twilight Zone all day, every day. Oh, I think yeah. it's the greatest American TV show ever. Yeah. Um, and I love anthology shows, Outer Limits and Black Mirror. So I don't know how I missed Amazing Stories. I'll have to give that a go. Yeah. But, it's amazing. Uh, Amazing Story was, was like Sunday night on ABC Disney Channel, channel for Wasn't the, it like the television like, version. Like the book opened on the screen. Was that what it was? Yeah. Tr- yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'm trying to. I mean, it's like I haven't seen these in years, man. It's like right. I'm, I'm just going off of like my memories of seeing these as like a six, seven, eight year old. So, you know, but um, Brian Fuller and Michael Green, um, when they left American Gods, I wondered why this article followed up on the story. The news of the showrunner's amazing story's departure comes after Fuller and Michael Green were fired from Star's drama American Gods following a budget dispute with producers Fremantle, who wanted to produce the high concept series on a reduced per episode fee. So does that mean that, that they wanted to cut the Cut the budget for each episode, but they probably also wanted to cut the budget for the talent involved. Well, the, the word is fee. It said who wanted to produce the high concept concept series on a reduced per episode fee. So that I mean, is do, does that just mean they wanted to cut their salaries and not the budget? I yeah, I don't know. That, I'm trying to figure that out. Yeah, that's huh. the way that I'm hearing it. Is it's more yeah. or less their salary, their okay. take home. There's yeah, so like the budget stays the same. We're just not going to pay you as much to pay do you the as same. Much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of bullshit. Then yeah, yeah. So like basically like these guys, Fuller. No, just Fuller himself. He's left three series now: American Gods, Star Trek Discovery, and this Amazing Stories. Now, so he. I guess he's working on um, right now. He's working on a. Um, what is it? A series with, yeah, uh, Paramount Television to adapt Anne Rice's beloved Vampire Chronicles for Paramount Network. So, yeah, 
It's crazy. Anyway, Apple is spending a billion dollars on programming, and uh, they're doing. I mean, they're doing the amazing stories. They're doing a, a morning show series with Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. We've talked about that. They're doing a space drama from Battlestar Galactica creator Ron Moore. A Stephen Denight futuristic drama called C, and a comedy starring Kristen Wiig. So they got a lot of shit that they're doing. And some of that sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. Space drama. The I don't. I, I'm sure he's done something, but I don't. I don't remember seeing anything Moore's really worked on since Caprica. But I'm sure there probably is. And then Stephen. So Den- I, oh, go ahead. So no, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. S- Stephen Denight. He's working on a futuristic drama called C. Stephen Denight was like the original showrunner for Daredevil, and then like he's the director of the new Pacific Rim Uprising film. Which I think is going to bomb, and I don't think it's going to be good either. So, yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I don't, which is a bummer because I I really enjoyed the first one. Me too. I loved the first one. Uh, Pacific Rim was the first Tupperware party that we ever had on this show. Ooh, nice That's little well deserved. Fact. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, dude. I'm watching the trailers for Pacific Rim Uprising, and the way that the Jaegers move, it's like Transformers now. Like, it used to be, like, in the... Like, I know it's set years later, and but... And they've, they know, technology's advanced, but, like, they move like Transformers now. They don't move like the big, lumbering robots, it felt like, in, like, the first film. Like, that's what I loved about the first film. Like, you'd, you'd see, like, them inside the Jaeger, like, do these, like, you know, really strong hand motions and stuff like that. And then... And then you then you'd watch what happens on the outside, and you watch the Jaegers move. Now it just feels like they're just like jumping around, like it's Optimus Prime, like with his fucking axe, and like jumping around, and you know, I don't know, I, I'm just doesn't look as good, and I'm not not feeling Pacific Rim Uprising, and there's not like a lot of fucking marketing behind it right now. I don't know. No, there's really not much marketing behind it. You know, I which I think speaks to how the studio thinks it's going to do. Yeah, I haven't even watched the second trailer yet, guys. I, I don't even care. It's fucked up. Yeah, I have no interest. Yeah. Uh, final story, and then we're going to take a break here. Um, Bloody disgusting is reporting that Don Mancini and David Kirshner de- are developing Child's Play, the television series. So Mancini tells bloody disgusting that it was quote deliberately set up at the end of the last movie so he's talking about last year's cult of chucky which i have not seen and um he adds that it's going to be the tone is dark and disturbing uh we plan to use child's play in the title uh we definitely signaled that we are going dark darker than ever before it's going to be very creepy and um Using the original Child's Play title is exciting because it signals that the series will once again involve kids. Oh, and Mancini confirmed that Dorif will once again return to voice Chucky. So the original voice of Chucky is going to come back. Um, and then Mancini, just so you guys know, he's the writer-producer for Hannibal and Sci-Fi's Channel Zero. So I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised to see this end up on Sci-Fi. Or, you know, I, I'd even be happier if it ended up on, like, Stars with like Ash versus Evil Dead like have a whole hour of horror you know TV on stars um but I also wouldn't even like I wouldn't be surprised I wouldn't count out like like uh Chiller making a bid for this one Chiller like the the horror channel now so I don't know what do you guys think about a child's play TV show is it something you'd be into No 
Yeah, that's not for me. Like, the original Child's Play movie's cool, and Bride of Chucky's fine, but to me it's like the Hellraiser series, where it just, it just got weirder and not in a good way weirder. Yeah. And it kind of... It almost felt like I was watching like a made for TV movie when he was watching like the later films. Yeah, I love the original one just used to crack me the fuck up, dude. I loved the original movie, you know, and then oh, definitely it got to like Bright of Chucky and I'm just like, OK, I'm out. It's like this is just terrible. Oh, yeah. Then they yeah. had a like Chucky had a kid, I think. Seed of Chucky. Yeah. Like yeah. It, yeah no, thanks. Like the, the <laughs> yeah, first pet. One of the one of my favorite parts of like the first one, and I'm paraphrasing, is like, like at the end of the movie, like Chucky gets shot, and he's talking to that kid, and he's like, "You know what? I'm a doll." He's like, "I got shot. I didn't think it would hurt. That fucking hurt." <laughs> and like that's one of those things that like I used to always crack up as a kid, and like that's what I loved about it. But I think it just like yeah, it just got to a point where it just got I don't know. It wasn't fun anymore for me. The checking. Exactly. News. Yeah. So, all right. That's all I got for news. We're going to go ahead and take a break and we'll be right back with Marvel news. We've got a little, we got a little uh, remnant of news. So we're not ready to jump into Marvel news yet. We got like a little, uh, what is it, like what do they call it, like Dingleberry? Would this be like a news Dingleberry? I'd say so, and it's a good transition because it's still comic related. Okay, all right. So what do you got, Harmon? So uh, we are getting a Usagi Ojimbo show for the first time ever. Uh, it's going to be produced and put out by Gaumont Studios, uh, working with Dark Horse and Stan Sakai. Uh, they've also done recently Narcos and F is for Family. So, so it is, studio... it, it's going to be animated then. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a, uh, a CGI I, animated I, show. I want live action. <laughs> I don't know how they could do a live action Usagi, but yeah, that'd be cool. I'll go ahead. I'll shut up. Yeah, uh, there's not not too much known about it. Just who's involved is, uh, you know, for the studio that they will be working directly with Dark House and with Stan Stakai, who, I mean, he Usagi is his baby. He's always been the, the sole owner of it. And it's great to see that he's still involved with the production of this show. It's going to be a CGI animated show, uh, similar to how the latest Ninja Turtles was on Nickelodeon. Mm. And uh, I'm really excited because Usagi, he's my favorite comic character ever. Uh, it's a great story. It's set in feudal Japan, but everyone is like uh, an anthropomorphic animal. I mean, he's a rabbit samurai, so it's it's going to be visually fantastic. And there there's so many rich stories within that universe to tell. So I'm very excited for this. And he showed up in like the the first Turtles cartoon, and they, he had his own figure and everything. And that's where I was first introduced to the character. 
Right, and he was actually in the last season of the the new Nickelodeon Turtles as well. That's right. That's right. Um, they had like a 12 inch doll of him, like at Walmart. I saw, and it was really cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, did you see the? Um, so, what channel is this going to be on? Did you say? Uh, they haven't announced that yet. This is still very early on. We just know that it's happening. We yeah. still don't have a date when it's going to come out. But it'll probably be a Nicktoon. I would imagine. I would imagine it would be a Nicktoon. So. <laughs> But we'll see. I mean, he's worked with them before. Uh, I mean, just recently on the latest Turtles. So, it, and they it was a fantastic arc that Usagi was on. So yeah. hopefully, I, I think it'd be a good fit for Nickelodeon as well. Did you see the new? Did you guys see the the picture of the new Turtles that they released? No, uh, no, I haven't seen that for the new cartoon. No. Okay, they're totally chang- changing up the Ninja Turtles for like this next animated show. Each turtle looks like different, like different sizes, like Raph. First off, Raph is huge. He's gigantic. He looks like a giant snapping turtle. Um, and he's also the leader of the turtles now. Um, and they all have different weapons except for Donatello. Donatello is using like a – he's still using the bow staff. But like Raph isn't using his size. Um, Leo's got a different weapon. Um, Donatello – is yeah he's using the same one but they all have different weapons michelangelo is using it completely like a morning star now um and uh sounds bizarre yeah and then uh april o'neill is um she's a black girl this time she's a young black girl she's like a like a teenage black girl instead of being like a a redhead white reporter like in her 20s um she's a young like teenage black girl and i found out that when Eastman wrote the original comics back when they used like, you know, black and white or green, white and green ink um, back in the day. Um, Eastman would, Eastman and Laird used to argue with each other about the character of April. Eastman wanted to make her, Eastman was dating a black girl at the time and made April O'Neil look, um, made her a black girl in the comics sometimes and sometimes she wasn't. So, there's it's it's one of those things where the original April O'Neil was was intended to be a black girl. So that's what they're doing here with this new series, which I thought was kind of cool. So. Yeah, that's a neat kind of throwback to the origins of the character. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's like I mean, I got it like, yeah, with the turtles, man, I kind of I kind of roll with it every time the new turtles stuff comes out like, you know, it's never going to be the way it was when we were kids, guys. I, they, every turtles that comes out is for like a different generation of kids. It's every every generation has their own turtles, you know. And it's, yeah, see, and it, it, I, what's funny is you're experiencing what I experienced the first go around because when the first turtles came out, I was like right around twenty ish. So yeah. I I was just out of the range where I was interested, and then on top of that, yep. I had a friend whose kid. Was it that was one of those movies that he watched over and over and over again, and it just got I so I was never a Turtles guy early on, and then later when I found out about the original source material, that's when I really got got into it and interested in it years later. See, I was a fan of the Turtles like from the cartoons, like when they first came out, so I was like, you know, 10, 11, right? Right, I wasn't a fan of the Teenage Mutant Ninja, and I know this is blasphemy to Harmon, but like, I wasn't a fan of the 1990 movie. I didn't, it, I liked it. I saw it in the theater, but it did not, 
they changed some of the origin stuff from the turtles from the from the cartoon, and I didn't like it. They changed like the origin of Splinter, and I was like, that's not. Splinter wasn't a rat that lived in a cage that just learned how to practice his master's moves. He was a he was a human he was a human guy in Japan. That his name was uh, Aroku Saki or was that Shredder? His name that, was, that was Shredder. He yeah. was Hamato Yoshi. Hama, he was Hamato Yoshi, and he was like, you know, like he got hit with the with the the Daredevil ooze stuff, the t- the, the 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 toxic uh, ooze or whatever. The mutagen, mutagen. Yeah. yeah, he got hit with the mutagen, and. Uh, he, you know, he he was near. He got he was near rats, and so he turned into a rat. Like that's that's how they did in the. Car- I was so furious watching it in the theater as a twelve year old child. I was just like, that's this is not my turtles. No, I'm not. Oh come on, <laughs> you you don't love the scene of a little rat doing karate in a cage? Oh, it pissed me off. I was <laughs> I was like up in arms in the theater. I was like, no, this is not it. This is ridiculous. You expect me to buy that a rat is learning moves from his master in a cage? No, no. He is Hamato Yoshi. This is ridiculous. Like like the other story is not ridiculous either, but you know. That's just <laughs> <laughs> I was up in arms about that fucking movie. I mean it, I, I I I liked it. I liked it for the most part, but I, I was I was kinda pissed off that I didn't get my Rocksteady and Bebop. I was just like, man, they're they're that cheap that I'm just gonna get Casey Jones. That's it? That's it? And I was just come on. Come on, whatever. But um, as long as we don't get Venus de Milo in the new series, I'm okay with it. Was that that was the the pink one? That was the girl. <laughs> yeah, from uh, the, the Saban Turtles yeah. garbage. <laughs> All right, yeah. Let's uh, let's move on into uh, Marvel news. News. All right, let's talk about uh, some interesting takeaways from the Avengers Super Bowl spot. Uh, I've got a breakdown here. I couldn't do a breakdown last week. It just, I mean, I didn't even get, I, we were recording as like uh, this stuff is coming out. So um, in the Super Bowl spot uh, for Avengers Infinity War, we saw a shot of Iron Man, Doctor Strange, and Spider-Man in, Spider-Man's in the Iron Spider suit and he's looking out towards the sky, and um, we aren't sure if this is a scene like near the end of the first or the second act. We have no idea where this is coming from. We then we do know that um, Thor is with the Guardians of the Galaxy from the trailers. Um, I I love that combination of Thor meeting the Guardians. I don't know oh, about absolutely. You guys. It's one of those things like what you know, like the concept art that came out, it was last year in January, there was concept art released. And of course, like Thor had both eyes and he had long hair, but it was like Thor and he's holding, you know, a different weapon. He's not holding Mjolnir. And so everybody's like, what the fuck is up with that shit? Now we know what's up with that. But then, you know, and then Rocket's like shooting off his guns and I'm like, holy fuck. Like, that's what a crazy combo. Rocket, Raccoon and Thor. Like, what the fuck is going on in Avengers Infinity War? And like, now it's like that, that, that concept art makes total sense. Um, so basically, towards the beginning of the film, Thor, what we know from like the toys and, and, and from like some of the Lego sets and, and things like that that's come out, Thor is defeated by Thanos and his Black Order and he's sent off flying into space and he meets up with the Guardians and they have a side quest where he is on the hunt for a new weapon 
and he is on the hunt for Yarnborn, an axe that can apparently kill Celestials. So from the first trailer where he's in that circular piece of tech, that might be him getting, like, forging Yarnborn, which also means that the Guardians and Thor probably won't show up with the rest of the Avengers until the third act of the film. So, um, basically, like, we saw the, the, there was the Lego leak from, what was it, superbromovies.com. We saw pics of Groot, Thor, and Thor's weapon from Infinity Wars. These were like Lego Infinity War sets. And so it was like Groot and Thor and then Thor's new weapon, which it, if, I actually, I have the picture and I can probably send it to you guys here in a moment. Um, it's hard to multitask and send pictures and talk and all this stuff. So <laughs> trust me, it's Lego figures. It's an axe. Just imagine, imagine a Lego axe. Um, but anyway, uh, the article says this a while back, the name of a number of upcoming Avengers Infinity War Lego sets leaked online with brief descriptions of each. The most interesting being a set titled The Search for Thor's Weapon. We know that the set will include a minifigure of Thor, Rocket Raccoon, Groot, and an unknown Infinity Stone. But we now have a look at the at two of the figures and more importantly a look at Thor's new weapon. So basically Thor in the so back to the uh the trailer and and what we know about from the sets and from the trailers is that basically Thor and the Guardians show up at this dwarven solar forge and then Thor straps himself into that device. You guys remember that big circular device that Thor was in from the first trailer with the lights all lit up and all that shit? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, so he shows up. This is like this dwarven solar forge. He straps himself in, and then like we see him in that trailer. And I bet it takes like this. I think what it's they're going to reveal is like, and I don't know who he finds this information out from. I don't know if he knows it. I don't know if he's talking to like if this is going to be like Peter Dinklage's character telling him like. I think that he's going to have he's going to find out that only the strength of a god can make this weapon. And so that's why we see him like pulling and yelling at those levers. I think he's forging um, this weapon, and it takes the strength of a god. So I'm, I think that that's a kind of a cool little side quest, man. You know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'd be down to see a whole movie of just Thor kicking it with the Guardians. <laughs> that's a whole fucking yeah. movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we got a whole movie of him, like, with the Hulk. So that's what's going to happen, like, at the beginning of this movie. It's, oh, yeah. Okay, okay, now, let's talk about that now. The trailer, in this trailer, it then shows us Bruce Banner talking to Iron Man in the Sanctum Santorum. So now, now, we know that if Thor, at the beginning of the film, is taken out by Thanos and the Black Order and set off flying into space, we know that at, you know, we also know at the end of Thor Ragnarok that Bruce Banner was with them. So one way or another, Banner gets back to Earth. And so it, I don't know. I don't know what happens. Like I – from the look at the trailer, we, there's a shot of Loki as well in the trailer. And it looks like all the Asgardians are dead on the ship, right? Except for Loki. And that's where like Loki hands him like the Tesseract. So I don't know if like all of Asgard is destroyed either. So – 
there's going to be – I think a lot of people are going to die in this movie. But one way or the other, Bruce Banner, I don't know if, if he hulks out and fights Thanos or or if he's taken out early as Banner and never gets the chance to hulk out. But one way or another, Banner gets back to Earth and he's hanging out with Iron Man and he tips off Steven and Tony and they are looking for ways to stop Thanos at that point. So – I don't know, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. This movie's nuts. That's like, that's like the first, like, probably like, you know, 20 minutes of the movie. We get Thor meeting the Black Order in the sanctuary, their big ship, the Sanctuary 2, and knocking the fuck out of Thor. Bruce Banner gets sent off flying back down to New York and hangs out with Iron Man and Doctor Strange. This movie's gonna be fucking nuts. Uh, this is what we've been working on for 10 years to ten, finally see. I'm so years. excited. Me too. Uh, we see Spider-Man climbing on that floating circular device that we saw in the first trailer that's in New York City. He's not wearing the Iron Spider suit in this scene. So this is probably very early on in the film after Thanos arrives to Earth. And we've seen that shot from the first trailer with Thanos on Earth. Uh, we then get a scene of Cap, Vision, and Black Widow walking in some bu- building. We don't know where this is. Uh, this could be like a secret government facility. It could be General Ross related. We don't know. Vision is with them. So he survived the attack from the Black Order that we saw in the first trailer where they're trying to pluck the Infinity Stone from his head. And I think it's Corvus Glaive that's trying to do that to him in the first trailer. Now we see we see uh, for the first time, like I saw the Cap's new shield in the toy, the Marvel Legends toy, but we actually got to see it in person in live action in this trailer. What did you guys them? Think of, what's that? Two of them. Two of them. Like, but they form like one shield, don't they? I, I maybe they do. I I was I I so the, I saw some pictures of one of the toys and was not too impressed by the look. Yeah. But when he's running and he's got both of them and they open up on his that that was cool. So yeah. yeah. I, I'm interested to see how they how he uses those. Yeah, it looked to me like it, it. Okay, it can be two separate pieces, but it can also like it's got Wakandan tech to make it like turn into like one big gigantic. Shield, and we know that it's going to be it, it, it's made in Wakanda, and it's going to be vibranium because that's like Wakanda is like the number one place for vibranium, right. and so I lo- it's it's sharp. It's meant to hurt enemies. It's a sharp shield. It's not. It's got sharp edges. There's nothing circular or smooth here, and I I love that because it's like it's like Captain America himself. It's, he's a complete 180 from the cap that we've seen. We've seen like the stars and stripes cap. You know, he and now 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 here he is. He's like the man in black and he's got a beard and this even his shield reflects that. It's like everything. There's nothing nothing smooth about this cap anymore. This is like sharp edges cap. And he's here to he's here to kill and he's here to fuck some shit up. So I I love I love this new shield. I want to see it in action. Um, The trailer also gave us confirmation of Tony's nanotech armor in the comics. It's called the prime armor. And it can respond to what he's thinking. And so, I don't know. I don't want to compare it to Green Lantern, but if he wants it to turn into the Hulkbuster, he can. Um, and then we see the armor kind of like forming over Tony in, in the trailer. Um, another thing I wanted to bring up is like, since this is the most powerful armor that we've ever seen Tony use, do you think that like, this is the end of his character. Like, 
it's the prime armor. Do you think like this, like the characters run his course? Do you think like, you think Tony could die in this one? I think we're building towards it. I don't know if this is the end or not, but I think we're building towards it. I think he's about ready to move on from the character. That's my take. Harmon. Yeah, I think, I think what Eric was saying, I definitely agree with that. Um, he's had a fantastic arc, you know, in the, in the MCU. Mm. And if we we're going to get a major character death, why not have it be the guy who really started it? Does that mean though that does that mean his character dies? Does that mean that he stays dead though? I mean, let's say they they okay they defeat Thanos, they defeat him, they 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 have access to the stones. Now they have the reality stone. They can bring Tony back. They can bring him back now if they want to. Okay, and um, does Tony come back? And do they form like? Um, you know, I'm talking like maybe Avengers Four. This happens. You know, I don't know, but I'm just saying like, it, yeah, because he's been filming for Avengers Four, so it would have to happen then. Um, but um, does he come back and is he like a member of the Illuminati or or is he? It just, I guess everybody's thinking like Tony, like Robert Downey Jr. could be done with the character after these movies. Like this would be a way to exit the film. So, and it would be a great way for his character to get, you know, put to rest. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, man, I, it's, it's hard to think about, um, a, an Iron Man less future for the MCU post, post Avengers 4. Like he's the guy that started it. And I want to, part of me just like wants to see like, cause they plan on wrapping these movies up in like seven to eight years or whatever. Or is it, didn't they say that? And I know they definitely had like a, a time frame yeah. in mind. Yeah, it's man. Part of me was just kind of like wanted to see like you know fucking Tony at the end of this, you know. But uh, I mean, maybe yeah. like you were saying, him coming back and you know being part of the Illuminati that could be a cool uh, character arc too. Yeah. yeah. Um. But who knows how much longer we're going to see actual, yeah. you know, red and gold I, suit I, Iron I, Man on the front lines. I hear you. I, I'm, I'm part of me is wishing. You know, I, I think you guys are right that this this could be very well the end of of Robert Downey Jr. His run playing the character. Like, who's gonna who's gonna make you cry if they die in one of these movies? It's you know, it's Tony. Oh, for sure. I mean, I don't think anyone cried when Quicksilver died. Like, no. it's got to be. So you really I did. Been a heart and soul, dude. Yeah, oh, uh, Eric, you're dude. You like you like you fucking like left Facebook after that shit happened. <laughs> you're bringing it up again, dude. He, open old wounds. Carmen, you remember he was like inconsolable when Quicksilver died. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, there's this company called Fox with their own Quicksilver. Yeah, it's fine. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <sighs> it, for Eric to be a happy boy, there has to be two Quicksilvers alive in the universe. <laughs> well, maybe they get the reality gem and we get Quicksilver if back too. If, if if the Quicksilver like uh, scale is ever like disrupted, it totally fucks with Eric. He turns into a, like a he's just a crying mess. He's a blubbering fucking idiot. <laughs> so. I want a multiverse. I want a multiverse movie where it's Quicksilver versus bland Quicksilver, yeah. and they go at it. 
and it, the whole thing is the is the slow motion from I, it's like 120 minutes of slow motion with music and them fighting that's all i want i want a movie uh where like a portal is opened and they see each other and one quicksilver walks through like evan peters quicksilver walks through the portal and sees like you know um the other the mcu quicksilver um and then they make love oh wow multiverse love yeah yeah yeah, I could I could get into that. I could get into that. Fifty, I get 50 shades of quicksilver. Fifty shades of silver is what I was gonna call yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this is weird. Um anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, let's talk about let's talk about Paul Bettany. He plays the vision. He was in an interview with Screen Geek and he reveals that um wait, did I did I get the did I get did I get through the whole trailer? I did, that's the whole fucking trailer, boys. All right, that was my breakdown. Anyway, Vision, uh, Paul Bettany, he talked to Screen Greek, Screen, Screen Greek. <laughs> yeah, he talked, he talked to Screen Greek, uh, yes, uh, Screen Geek, and he revealed that the Avengers Infinity War script had fake scenes in it. Did you guys hear about this shit? No. They wrote fake scenes in the, uh, Infinity War script, just in case it leaked. He said, here's this quote, when I read the script, there were fake scenes in it. I got the directors on the phone and they walked me through what were the fake scenes. They'd had three leaks already, so they'd written a script with lots of fake scenes. There were That's three awesome. <laughs> there were there were three hero iPads that had the only real script on them. So basically there were three iPads in this whole production that had the real script on them. Every other script out there was totally totally fake with fake uh with fake scenes because like tom holland can't keep his fucking mouth shut about these movies and he, they didn't even they, listen to this he tom holland didn't even get the full script he got his sides here's his quote um they didn't let me read anything because i'm so bad at keeping secrets and in fact they they actually filmed action sequences for infinity war with him having absolutely no idea what or who he was supposed to be fighting. That's it's funny. kind of funny that they have to do that, but man, that should make for to see how he actually acts, not knowing even who he was going to be fighting. That's going to be interesting. They're doing well, it's either it's either that or you got a snipe, sniper patrol, you know, following Tom Holland around ready to take him out at a moment's notice. <laughs> yeah. It's probably a better option. It's well, <laughs> see, like the, the fucked up thing though is it's like now it's not like the stars revealing shit. Like Tom Holland, they've got that situation under control. Anthony Mackie, they got him under control. Like these guys can't be blabbermouths. And uh, it's it's the media fucking shit up. Like remember, like where was it? Was uh, it was uh, Mark Ruffalo was in Australia doing that interview, and then the, that woman just <laughs> dropped the bomb that oh, uh, Hella is Thor's sister in this movie, and and they're both like, you're not supposed to say that. You can't say that. And then it's it's out. The cat's out of the bag. So they have to do shit like this. I love it. This is this is a great way. For, this is totally the Bruce Wayne is Batman and he's texting it all over social media, that kind of stuff. I, lo- I love it. I, yeah. This is the way that you turn around and deal with all the leaks is you put out fake info. Yes. You, you do the trailer with Thor with both eyes in it. Yes. You do, I like what they're doing. You have, you have Michael Rooker show up to the set of Avengers Infinity War just so people yeah. think he's alive and makes it through Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, yeah, volume two. It's yeah. great. Yeah, it's really, really cool how they're making these movies. 
Um, Chris Hemsworth, uh, our Thor, is teasing that he might be done with the role of Thor after Avengers 4 when his contract is up. On an Australian morning show called Sunrise, he said, My contract's coming to an end. We've just finished the last two Avengers. Who knows what the future holds? And then he said, he went on to say, we felt like we reinvented the last one in a big way. It felt refreshed and re-energized. We might have a conversation if there's another great script that comes along, but at the moment, that's it. So I, I think he's trying to leverage for like more money. None of his other movies have like really worked out well. Rush, Black Hat, um, the, the Ron Howard, uh, boat movie that he did, uh, the Moby Dick prequel or whatever the fuck. Um, none of them, none of them have ever worked out. And so I, I just, did a Moby Dick prequel. Yeah, he did it. It's, it's a, it's, it's not based on Moby Dick. It's based on Moby Dick, but it's not the Moby Dick story. It's, it's the story that takes place. I don't know. What was it it's called? convoluted. It was called In the Heart. <laughs> yeah, it's called In the Heart of the Sea, I think was the movie, name of the movie. Do you remember that one? It was a Ron Howard film. And Tom Holland's in that movie. Interesting. I don't remember that. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to get us off track. It just, no, it's fine. I'm looking. It came out in 2015. <laughs> it's a recounting. A recounting of a oh it's it's the true story that inspired Moby Dick. That's right. A recounting of a New England whaling ship sinking by a giant whale in 1820, an experience that later inspired the great novel Moby Dick. Interesting. Yeah, it's called In the Heart of the Sea. I never saw it. It's got a six point six point nine out of ten on IMDb, a forty seven medic score from the critics. Not good. But um yeah, none of his other st- none of his other projects have ever worked out. And um and th- man, this movie's got a good fucking cast. The f- Chris Hemsworth, uh Killian Murphy, Brendan Gleeson. Oh wow. Tom Holland, jeez. Yeah, it's got a good cast in it. And yeah, Frank Frank Delane, that that uh, fucker from uh Fear the Walking Dead, the Johnny Depp wannabe kid. Um he's in it. Anyway. Yeah, so I don't know. I think he's trying to leverage for like more money. I think he'll be back. I and like he's already talking. Him and him and Taika Waititi have already talked about ideas for Thor four. I don't know. Oh yeah, this definitely sounds like him just trying to get you know a bigger paycheck. And I mean, I'm I don't know what his contract was, but with with how popular his character mm-hmm. and how popular these movies have become, I mean, he's justified in wanting a bigger paycheck. Yeah. Well, he's he's owed it now. He's earned it now. He signed him and him and Evans, Chris Evans, both signed, I believe, a six contract deal. Like I know Evans was offered nine. He took six. I don't know if Hemsworth was offered uh, with if, if Hemsworth was offered more, but he did a six movie deal. And um, you know, like yeah, I think like if he comes back, which like ah, man, I can't see him not. I can't see I, unless unless he takes he takes a year off, spends some time with his family. And then comes back and like does a movie that just blows up, you know, like, like, let's say he comes back and does the He-Man movie, you know, and it's like now it's a huge deal, you know, because he might have he might very well be able to do the He-Man movie because like David S. Goyer dropped out of that project. So I can see that project, them waiting on that a little bit longer. Um, let's say like, I don't know, like um, I just I can't see him I can't see him blowing up in anything else, you know? Same thing with Robert Downey Jr. guys. Like he's tried some other side things and I guess the Sherlock Holmes thing worked out okay. And he tried the judge, but I mean he hasn't really done anything besides 
Iron Man in the last 10 years that has, I don't know, it's really been amazing. So. Now, both those actors have kind of become synonymous with those characters. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah. Evans, too. I mean, I, th- I know he wants to get behind the camera, but we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I think he'll be back. And then you got, got, you got guys like Chris Pratt, though, who, like, like on Instagram, he was talking about the 10 years of the MCU, this whole 10-year ce- celebration thing. And he said, quote, I hope to work for the studio for a long time. So it's like, you got to be happy for, like, guys like that, like Chris Pratt, that are just like, yeah. I want to be around for a long time. I don't want I don't want my fans to worry that I'm going anywhere. Like same thing with like Hugh Jackman. Like we were you know 17 years. 17 years Hugh Jackman played that Wolverine character and like how many of those movies that he played Wolverine in are beloved? Not every single one of them. And it's like everybody loves these Marvel movies. Like everybody loves like you know Chris Evans in in the Captain America films. They love now they love Thor and the Thor movies. They love him in the Avengers. But it's like, it's like Hugh Jackman was like a great Wolverine, but like Wolverine Origins was a piece of shit. And like, you know, like, well, like what was it? X Men Last Stand was terrible. It's like he we and I don't know, I don't know what you guys thought about the Wolverine, but like you know, some of those movies were just garbage. Well, I think I, I my personal take on the Wolverine movies is they were good first and second acts and then shit in the third act. I yeah, thought they yeah. started off well and just finished horrible. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would agree. Look, you, you, it, it's interesting for all the bad Wolverine we got, how much he's still loved as that character. Yeah. It's, it, it's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I was just like, I don't know. I don't really I don't know how to feel with these guys like kind of like using these statements as possible leverage to get like a better deal. I guess if they mean it, that's fine. But like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess more power to them to make more money. But I, I just love it when like guys like Chris Pratt and Hugh Jackman are just like, they just, I don't know. They just kind of like roll with it, man. And you know, they, they keep the fans excited. So I don't know. I'm happy with that. Um, what did you guys think about the, the new Deadpool cable trailer that was released? Oh, sorry. Now I got to go fap again. I'll be right back. <laughs> so you, you, I love it. you were very fappy with this trailer. I loved it. This, this, so I'm really looking forward to several movies this year. I'm excited for Black Panther, but Deadpool 2 is the number one movie that I cannot wait to see. And the trailer just reinforced that. It looks like everything I loved in number one, they're going to just give us more of that number two. And, uh, you know, oh, that's just lazy writing. I mean, those comments yeah. that he makes when he breaks the fourth wall. I, I'm so excited for this movie. I cannot wait. I loved how he, the little figure that he was a Woody character. Like, like they're, <laughs> yes, they're already, right. <laughs> without referencing that Fox got purchased by Disney, they're already doing yes. it. Yeah. yeah. And it's, oh, like the, uh, give it the robot arm. Like, like, uh, it's not like we're trying to remove a mustache here. I, like, oh, like making fun of the Justice League. Just, just brilliant. You know, yes. Like yep. uh, when they pull out, when they when she when they both pull out the guns and she's pointing off in the air. In the yeah, wrong direction. That's great. <laughs> oh, it's just brilliant. It's brilliant. So so okay. Like in the trailer, there's a shot where they, there's like definitely like they're in like a, I don't know. It's it's not a. Is it a Quinjet? Not a Quinjet. They're in some kind of a, like there's. You can see like the team like like they're building. Yeah. 
They're building X-Force. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming it's a Blackbird since it's X-Men, but oh, yeah. it's Thank assumption. You. Yeah. Okay, so we know that he's that they're building towards X-Force for the next movie, Cable and X-Force. So they're, they're building the team here. And you, we can see some of the team in there. So we know we got Domino. And we know we've got, of course, we've got uh, Deadpool and Cable. And, and who do we got? Terry Crews. Who do we got, Brian? Terry Crews. Terry fucking Crews. Yeah, hurry you again. You're getting your Terry Crews finally. I know. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. He's not Luke Cage, and I'm fine with that. We're going to get him here, and, and, uh, and I'll just let everybody know that Jake did try to Jake did try to stir some shit up uh, over <laughs> over Facebook Messenger with me. He's like, ah, Terry Crews, too old. He's too old. And I was That's like, I go, I go, I go, he's the same age as Josh Brolin. They're both 49. I go, Jake, I think you're just trying to stir shit up up and like he literally at the same time as i text that he texts that i'm just fucking with you like i'm just trying to <laughs> and so i knew exactly what he was doing but um we don't know who terry cruz is playing people are speculating they could be playing um um hammer uh also known as eisenhower canty or jo- or george washington bridge um both bridge and hammer were members of the mercenary group called the wild pack later known as six pack which was led by Cable. Um, Hammer, that character, has a photographic memory, and then Bridge has no superhuman powers, but is trained in hand-to-hand combat. He uses firearms. Um, he's a skilled, skilled strategist. Uh, as a high-ranking member of S.H.I.E.L.D., he has contacts all over the world and has access to advanced technology and classified information. If I was a betting man, I'm betting that Terry Crews is playing Bridge <laughs> in the movie. Um, they'll just leave out the S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff. Um, until, I don't know, they don't even, even if, even when the deal with Disney works out, they never have to mention that he's a member of S.H.I.E.L.D. That never has to happen. But, um, I, I don't know, I'm gonna, I, I, I Tupperware the trailer, I thought it was fantastic. Um, I loved, uh, everything about it. I, the jokes were, were incredible. I think the, um, seeing what's it, that, that kid, that, the little kid, Dennison, um, can't remember his last name, but the kid from Hunt for the Wilder People was barely in the trailer, but I'm excited to see him. Um, some of the action stunts that I was following while they were filming, I actually got to see some of those in this trailer, and that makes me excited for it. Um, I don't know, Harmon, what did you think? Oh man, I loved the trailer. It was like a everything about it was great. Seeing the different characters, there was one. I don't know if you guys know who he is, but he was kind of like a, a chubby set kid. Yeah, that looked a, like he was controlling fire. Yeah, that's uh, Dennison. Uh, I can't remember his last name. That's the kid from Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah. Okay. What character is that? Do you know? We don't know yet. No, you go okay. to IMDb. They have not named the character yet. We know he's playing a mutant. They filmed spoilers here. Uh, they filmed. Uh, I think. I'm trying to think. Well, I, can't remember where they i think it was vancouver i think they were filming in somewhere in canada i believe (laughs) probably wrong but anyway they were filming and i was like following some of this um uh there's people like capturing what they were filming on their iphones and then like like the uh the local newspaper around there was like showing these videos on like their on their uh web page and so there's a scene where there's these trucks and they're going down the highway and what's believed is like this, this kid is in one of them. So we're, I guess we're meant to believe that the government is rounding up mutants and they're in these cattle trucks, like they're like, uh, and, and they're transporting them. And so like, 
there's like this whole stunt sequence that involves Cable and Domino, and I think they're breaking these mutants out of whatever. So like we saw like we were talking about Terry Crews being in this trailer. Do you guys remember like behind them on on um, the jet? There was like there's two more mutants behind them, but we can't make out who they are. We can't make who they are. Yeah, right. Yeah, a lot of people are saying like maybe North Star. Um, is it North oh, Star? Oh, really? Yeah, some people are saying North. I don't know. I, I don't know. So an, an Alpha Flight element? Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. So interesting. Kid, my my cousin will be excited. So growing up, my cousin, we I collected like Avengers and Spider Man. He collected Alpha Flight. We yeah. always made fun of him, and we still make fun of him this day. And he still will talk about Puck and Wendigo <laughs> yeah. and all that. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. hey, we might finally be getting your Alpha Flight movie. He's like, oh, oh. no, not really. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, Fox probably has the rights to Alpha Flight. I would imagine. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I don't I don't know who who is the two characters behind them. But yeah, there's a whole scene where it looks like they're breaking out mutants out of these camel uh, cattle cars, and uh, it looks like it's a huge action sequence. One of the action sequences ends with like a, a gigantic um, inflatable characters falling down and landing on an inflatable panda bear. This gigantic inflatable panda bear. So. I don't know, man. It's there's going to be some incredible action in this film, so I cannot wait um, for sure. And then seeing uh, what was the taxi driver's name? Was it Dupender? Dupender. Like, Dupender. Like, yeah. Dupinder, like yeah. he. It looks like he's going to have a bit more of a role in here too, which is hilarious. Yeah. He's That's in, awesome. The Dupinder, the actor that plays him, is in like the new Diet Coke commercials with the flavors. <laughs> I saw him like in a Diet Coke commercial. I'm like, oh, it's fucking Dupinder from the Deadpool movie. <laughs> Oh man! I we got a, that little scene of like Negasonic Teenage War. Yes, she actually has hair. Yes, which is cool. Oh. and she's doing her shit with her powers, and it looks fucking awesome. Yeah, I saw. Uh, if you go to the IMDb for uh, Deadpool Two, there's some shots uh, of the character that I hadn't seen before, and there's like one of her like uh, flipping somebody off. So she's probably flipping off Deadpool in the film. So. Um, and then uh, the Brazilian trailer, I sent it to you guys. I don't know if you guys watched it. It's got one additional shot. It's got Deadpool. He's hugging Colossus and grabbing his ass. And, it was beautiful. Uh, yeah. So the, that's the only difference between the Brazilian trailer and the uh, the U.S. trailer. What? Did the U.S. trailer, did they think that audiences can't handle like us seeing Deadpool grab Colossus's ass? God, it was so funny. Oh, it so was. funny to me. <laughs> And I can't wait to see it, like, in context of the movie, because you know it's going to be hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely. I can't wait. Uh, Deadpool now has a fan club website. Um, if you head over to DeadpoolCore.com, you can sign up for emails. They also have a uh, – instead of an FAQ, frequently asked questions, they have an FUQ, fuck you, section called Frequently Unanswered Questions um, for questions like, uh, what does signing up for Deadpool Core mean? And the answer to that was, it means you're part of Deadpool's inner sanctum. You will be bound to an elite unit of Crimson Commandos dedicated to the greatest film ever made. You will be locked, cocked, and loaded with everything a true Core fan needs to prepare for the theatrical release of everyone's favorite Merc with a Mouth 
all over the world. Mostly it means you will receive emails with exclusive content and fucking awesome digital goodies. So um, it's an okay site. I signed up for it. They haven't sent me anything to my email address yet. Um, the only excuse exclusive thing that they had on the site so far was the they were the first to get that Deadpool Flashdance poster. So, Which is awesome. Yeah. That's a great poster. Boss Logic did a um, – did. I don't know if you guys saw this one, but Boss Logic took that poster idea and they had instead of like the, the bullets that are coming down and splashing on him like water, it was uh, Spider-Man's web and, and it's coming down and grabbing him on the chest and holding him up. And supposed it's like a Spider-Man Deadpool mashup. Oh, that's hilarious. I thought that that was cool. Um, let's, this is what I've been dying to talk about. Uh, this very divisive, mostly, I think it was met with a lot of fans saying that they hate it. Uh, the new Venom trailer, and I really want to talk about this. Um, what did you guys think? And be 100% honest with me, because that's, I, I want you guys to be honest. What did you think about this Venom trailer with Tom Hardy? Eric? See, I'm not a oh, huge. I'm not. Yeah. Go ahead, Jake. I'm not a huge Venom fan. Yeah. Like, I've I've never read any Venom comics. Uh, I I remember Venom from like the animated show in the '90s. So that's the only experience I have with the character. But I thought it looked kind of cool. I mean, yeah. it's it's definitely something different. It looks yeah. like it's going to have a totally different tone than uh, any superhero movie we've gotten before. Yeah. Um. Eric. I mean, seeing the the Venom symbiote like in that canister was really neat, and then seeing I mean Tom Hardy like was, was that Tom Hardy right? That's yeah. his name. Yeah, Tom Hardy. Yeah, like he looks cool. His voice sounds kind of weird though. Like, yeah. he, I don't know. That kind of bugged me a bit. Yeah. What did you think, Eric? You know, I I'm similar. So I was never a huge Venom fan. Um, most of my Venom experience came from the cartoon in the '90s. Uh, I, I I was reading the original Secret Wars when when the, the half introduction of uh, of the suit, and then and then I did for a while there. I was reading. Um, oh, help me here, uh, Thunder Thunderbolts. Yes, thank you. Thunderbolts. I, I read Thunderbolts for a time while, that, while he was a member, but I, I've just never loved the character like so many people do. Um, you know, in seeing this trailer, there's just not enough there yet for me to go one way or another. I, yeah. When anyone who says they hate it, I'm like, was there really that much to hate? And anyone that says they loved it, was there really really yeah. that much to love? Now, yeah. I, I get people saying that I didn't get enough. Yeah. I, I can totally buy that. I want to see more. Well, okay, it, I, it, it was a that. teaser. But it was a teaser. So It, it was. Yeah. It, it this. This this just isn't enough yet for me to really care one way or another. It's not moving the dial up or down for me. I, it just wasn't enough yet. So I I will reserve judgment. But now I, I think I I've said this before on the supercast. In Tom Hardy, I trust. I mean, mm. I've got a huge man trust yeah. crush on, on Tom Hardy. So that's the thing that continues. It's a Tom Hardy movie. Yeah. I. I, that is why I will go see it, not necessarily because it's Venom. Yeah, you guys are speaking my language here. There, there, I didn't hate the trailer, but I also didn't love the trailer. I felt like it was a 
I don't think that this was the trailer that they should have released for the first one. There are some things in it that really confused me. There's a scene in there. I don't know if you guys caught this scene, but there's a scene where, like, all these, uh, it looks like employees of, like, um, I, I think we're getting the Life Foundation in this movie. Like, they're all sitting down at, like, these tables, and there's computers and all these things. And, like, the computers and shit are, like, papers are flying all over the place. It looks like some there's something invisible attacking them. Do you remember that scene from the trailer? Nah, it's very quick. Nah, that yeah. one doesn't jump out okay. at me. It's a very, very quick shot. And it, it's like one of those scenes where like, okay, is that unfinished? Like, are we supposed to actually be seeing like one of the symbiotes attacking them and they just like didn't is Venom supposed to be attacking them or or is another monster supposed to be attacking these people in the room and they didn't finish the they don't have the effects to do it or or is somebody actually like using like mind control to to affect this or telekinesis because it the scene makes no sense so I, I it's one of those things where i feel like they were using um i think they're supposed to be like like, like a monster attacking them and we're, and we're not seeing it there we're just seeing like shit move around the room and them getting attacked with nothing there and i thought that that was kind of a weird thing to throw in there now we watch the movie and we find out that one of these characters are using telekinesis or something then that's fine but it was just a weird scene um i just feel like it was a little premature for one i don't have a problem with we didn't see venom in it like i know people are flipping out like we didn't see venom in in this and like part of me wants them to take the jaws approach to this one to where like we don't see venom until we go to see the fucking movie i know that they won't do that i know that they won't do that we will see venom in one of these trailers but part of me would just be happy with seeing like a fucking tongue in these trailers and then like not seeing what he looks like until we see the movies but um i don't know uh i'll I wanted to break down the trailer. A lot of people were saying like it didn't even feel like a like a Venom movie. It just felt like a like a horror film. Like there was nothing Venom about it and it felt like if you watch the trailer and you break it down, it's very much a Venom trailer. It has all the elements of a Venom story. Um so I think the only the, the only thing I think where and and maybe this is wrong, but I I think I, what I think is, if you are not a comic book person, yeah, if you saw that trailer, what did you get out of it that's going to interest you at all, other than Tom Hardy? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's the only thing I question. That's a great, that's a great point. I, I taste the trailer. I don't. It's not a Tupperware. It's not a toss. It. I. I'm. You guys. I'm on the same page with you. Like, there just wasn't enough here, at all. I mean, we didn't even see Woody Harrelson in this trailer, right? So. I don't know. In the, in the trailer, we see that it is set in San Francisco. We get a shot of Michelle Williams. She's playing Ann Wang. She's standing in a hospital hallway. Um, she's Eddie Brock's ex-wife in the comics. So apparently they have divorced by the beginning of the film, but she's still at the hospital hoping that he's okay. And then in the comics, he was – before he was infected with the symbiote, he did have can- uh, cancer. So I wonder if that plays a role into their divorce. I don't know how they're going to work this story. Maybe he didn't want to have her watch him die, um, you know, before her eyes. Or maybe another thing. Another thing that I'm thinking of is like maybe by the time I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know why she's in the hospital. I'm thinking it's it's that it's it's that accident. But I think. 
let me break we'll break it down a little bit more we see in the trailer Riz Ahmed's character wearing all black and then we see opening doors of what looks like a van and then we see like the symbiote encased in glass and then there's a bunch of like I think it's scientists that are standing behind him um, we still don't know who Riz Ahmed's playing uh, he's probably the head of the Life Foundation he's gonna um, I'm guessing he's gonna run tests on other subjects and um, that's probably who Eddie Brock has to fight in this film, the other monsters that are created by the Life Foundation. Um, in the comics, that I guess the one that they're basing this on, it was uh, Agony, Phage, Lasher, Riot, and Scream were the names. I haven't read the comics in like 20 years. So um, interestingly enough, we... I don't know. It, it, it makes me wonder, like since the symbiote is in a van, that maybe... Does it come from space? And that's how they retrieved it? Because, like, the earlier reports were that, like, Jenny Slate's character or Riz Ahmed's character, they were scientists and they were going to be developing the symbiote in the labs. I'm starting to think now with it in this, in this canister that they've retrieved it. I definitely got the vibe that it was something that they had retrieved, not something that they made. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, I'd agree with that. So in the trailer, we also see that there's a crash in the film. So I think Tom Hardy is part of this crash. I think his, he's driving a vehicle. Um, I don't know why the crash happens. It's definitely, it looks like a space shuttle. You can see a parachute off in some trees in the distance. So I think it's a space shuttle. Maybe the symbiote out in space attacks this fucking thing. It crashes onto Earth. And near Eddie Brock, who is, you know, maybe just driving around, minding his own business, he gets infected. The government now, like, um, does this whole uh, cover up. Um, and maybe they don't, maybe the government doesn't know that Hardy got infected. Like, he got out of there first, or, or, an, I don't know. Like, he ends up at the hospital somehow. I'm trying to put everything together and I'm having a hard time. <laughs> it's all speculation. But yeah, do you, there's do you just get, not enough there to really piece together what they got going on yet. I guess, I don't know. And there, we also don't know if like, if him running into the symbiote happens like months or like even years before like other people were exposed to the symbiote. We don't, we don't know. Uh, he could have like lived for years with the symbiote. So maybe that's why he's not with his wife anymore. Like he doesn't want to put her in danger. I don't know. I'm putting, I'm trying to put everything together. We see the beginning of the transformation of him turning into Venom. You can see the symbiote. It's, it has black veins near his neck, uh, as he's in that MRI machine. And I see like the film, I see them doing a ton of, but this being an R rated movie, they're going to do some really, I hope some really cool stuff. Um, with like this body horror of him turning into Venom for the first time. Oh, I certainly oh, hope we get some of that. Yeah, I'm looking. I I'm hoping that they go some type like a, a modern version of what, the feelings we got when we saw an American Werewolf in London. That yeah, that 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 if they can inspire yeah. that kind of feeling, yeah. it'll it'll be a hit. I agree. I agree. I don't know. The, the question did raise a lot of like the the trailer did raise a lot of questions for me. Like. You know, I, I, does the government know that 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 Eddie Brock got infected with the virus? 
you know, it, it looks like there's a cover up. Um, you know, Anne Wang's role in the film, Michelle Williams, like is, is, is her role to try to figure out what happened to Eddie. Um, and I mean, there's a, there's a really odd shot in the trailer that I want to talk about too. It's, it, it shows Tom Hardy. He's standing in a lab in the dark after hours. He's wearing, um, a sweatshirt, t-shirt and jeans. And then another shot we see in the trailer that there's like, there's, um, the, a plastic sheet and we see the same person. So it's Tom Hardy, uh, cause you can see his shirt we see him pulling aside the the plastic sheet. We don't get to see what's under it, but I'm guessing it's it's it's, it's a dead body. The symbiote killed somebody. Yeah, that would make sense, and that's. I mean, it, it's a definitely an intriguing scene. Yeah. So it'll be neat to see how it kind of plays out. And then later on in the same trailer, we see Eddie Brock running in the woods, wearing the same clothes, running in the woods. So he's probably like. In the facility, sneaking in there after hours, gets, is seen by a guard. They turn on like an alarm, and now he's running away uh, from the facility. So, I don't know. I I saw enough in this to realize that it is a Venom movie. I just feel like a. I mean, they they just wrapped filming two weeks ago. They don't have enough of this. Um, I think they just wanted to get fans excited and unfortunately it kind of backfired because I think fans wanted more out of the trailer and not realizing that the production just wrapped filming two weeks ago and they haven't had enough time to like finish the special effects. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm still, I'm still looking forward to this. Like this didn't like sway my opinion on the film at all. So I'm not like down on it and I'm not like over the moon over it now either after what we've seen so yeah i'm in the same boat like it the trailer didn't make me want to see the movie but it didn't set me off of it either yeah um, i agree wolverine the long night audio trailer was released this week it's a stitcher premium podcast and uh, it's a marvel audio story that features wolverine episodes will start to drop on march 12th um if you guys want to hear the trailer for it you can go to wolverinepodcast.com I don't know. The trailer was basically it's a guy talking about how he was out in the wilderness and he caught a glimpse of this of the man uh, that lives with the wolves and and of course he's talking about Wolverine and and then he showed the man his rifle and then he sees the man with a bloody face and it's basically it's just a, it's a bunch of audio clips of like people talking about how you know the the Logan the man with the claws and that there's been murders in this town and people think it's Logan that's behind the murders and like even Logan his memory is horrible at this time. This is like, I guess when he was like, you know, in the comics, if you're familiar with those, where he's hanging out in like the, the woods in Canada and his memory's terrible and he doesn't know anything about his past. Um, he's like waking up with like the taste of blood in his mouth. And, and, um, so I think it sounds like a really fucking cool, like audio drama, but I'm just like, I don't know if I want to pay four ninety nine a month for Stitcher premium. I know yeah, Stitcher's well, going to get my money for a little bit until this is done because I am hooked after listening to that audio trailer. It was really cool. What did you think, Eric? I, I you know, it was good, but I I won't be paying for this. Yeah. It was it was really good, but I just I'm not. It, it, this goes back to what we talked about with 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 with, with all the services. I, I'm not going to pay. It, it Maybe I, I I what I haven't heard how. how 
How many do we have? Episode count or yeah, I don't know. Like that? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So how many weeks are you going to be doing this? So yeah. Hey. So I mean, it might be something where when it's done, maybe I'll I'll yeah. buy it for yeah. one month and and listen to the whole thing in one yeah. shot. But yeah, they're, well, they're not forty nine to nine a month out of me for for more than a month or two for this. Yeah, but then then after this happens, then they're gonna then they're going to tease like a Daredevil one or something, or like here's your Moon Knight audio, and it's like fuck, maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe. If what it, I'd be interested to see is depending on how long it is, you know, I'm. I, if it's a a long running series, maybe they'll split it up into almost like a season format, and yeah. you could buy the actual audio when that season is done. Or if it's short enough, just buy it almost like you would buy an audio book. Well, like uh, going to iTunes, just kind of like buying a series. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I told. I get it, man. It's just like right now, it feels like four ninety nine a month just for like this. It's like. I mean, if they had a bunch of other content on there, maybe. I don't know. There's just so many podcasts that I can listen to for free. Right. That it's it's hard right. to – You know, like if they included this with like – let's say like this got included with um, like Marvel Unlimited. That would be great. You know, like hell, like, you know, if, you know, and I, I – yeah, Marvel Unlimited where you can read all the comics and stuff like that. If they included this with that, that would be awesome. I don't know. I just – I guess I do have – I probably what I would do is wait until it's all collected, like you said, Eric, and then just like, you know, you either use like the free month and like listen to it all and then drop it or, you know, I don't know. I just can't see myself right. sticking with this. I don't know. Exactly. All right. You guys want to take a break and then do DC news? Cool. All right. Sure. Hi, I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and Dan and yogurt and the next thing you know you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying holy shit that freckled face fucker was right anyway the whole point of this is to tell you that popcultureleftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link what that means is when you click on the link from their website it helps the show it doesn't charge you extra at all you just shop like you regularly would and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient, just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. All right, hey, we are back, and it is now time for DC News. Last night, Batman destroyed my vagina. And now the leftovers are going to destroy DC News. It's time for DC News, you fucking pieces of shit. All right. Did you guys hear about the uh, synopsis for Shazam? They released it? Uh, No, I did not hear about that. Eric, did you hear about this? No. Okay. They made made some differences here. Uh, Okay. Here's a synopsis. We have... We all have a superhero, and I'm not saying that like I'm upset. I'm really not. We all have a superhero inside of us. 
Uh, it just takes a bit of magic to bring it out. In Billy Batson's case, uh, by shouting one word, Shazam, this streetwise 14-year-old foster kid can turn into the adult superhero Shazam, uh, courtesy of an ancient wizard. Still a kid at heart inside a ripped godlike body, Shazam revels in this adult version of himself by doing what any teen would do with superpowers. Have fun with them. Can he fly? Does he have x-ray vision? Can he shoot lightning out of his hands? Can he skip his social study, uh, studies test? Shazam sets out to test the limits of his abilities with the joyful recklessness of a child, but he'll need to master these powers quickly in order to fight the deadly forces of evil controlled by Dr. Thaddeus Savannah. Um, so the big difference here from the comics is that Billy Batson, the character, is going to be 14 and not 10. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Is that a smart move from the studio? I don't know. I, I mean, it's it's like I would have been fine with them getting an older actor and then trying to pass him off as like 10 or 12. I mean, I think you just want to keep that – if if this character is going to be around in this universe. If they plan on going with this universe for a long time, you want to have that character be as young as they can. And I mean, you think about it, like if they have a kid playing like he's 14, by the time they're on their second or third movie, he's going to be like 21, right? I mean, what's the fun in that? It's like, I don't know. Does that make sense? Right, they're, they're kind of putting like pigeonholing themselves. Yeah, right? I guess the question is, do they expect it to go more than you know one or two movies i mean if they do yeah they are i mean they're locking themselves in well yeah. without changing actors yeah that's the thing well, i mean like harry potter they definitely intended for like seven to eight movies with those films and i and i know that's not the thing here with shazam but like what we've learned with like warner brothers is like if they have a hit on their hands they're gonna want to they're gonna want to definitely make more films they made eight potter films so and when those films started out the the kids who were you know playing the the different roles yeah. they were 11 12 years old yeah and i mean i, I it would make more sense that they would have went with a, an actor who was closer to that age range if you know the 10 11 year old yeah and it kind of i don't know cuz by the time the second movie comes around the kid's going to be at least like 16 17 yeah and at that point, like you're you're looking at Spider-Man territory, yeah. and that's a totally different feel than even a 14 year old kid. Yes, we're seeing the same thing with like Stranger Things kids. Like, I mean, like they're not going to film Stranger Things Stranger Things season three until this April. I mean, those kids are just getting older and older. You know, I mean, it's so. I think like, I mean, I think honestly, like this movie's good for like about one movie. You know. That's the feel that I'm getting from it. Yeah, I mean, fourteen. There, I, I don't know. I think they they could have. They hopefully they'll cast somebody who's just re- really young. I don't know. They could even cast. They could even. I guess they could even cast a twelve year old and say he's fourteen. They they might do that. For all we know, they could. Yeah, yeah. They might do that. You know. He, I, I'm sure that they would want to kind of make him like on the on the smaller size, so that it uh, so that by by the time he does turn into you know Zachary Levi and he's like all big and ripped and shit, that you can really tell the difference. So Where, where's know. Gary Coleman when you need him? Oh God, yeah, Gary <laughs> Coleman. He, he was. The, I was just talking about him the other day. <laughs> it was just weird. 
<laughs> I was talking about I was talking to him about my dad. I was like, Dad, he's the cutest little kid ever, wasn't he? <laughs> what you talking about? I, I do honestly. I think Gary Coleman was like the cutest child actor ever. He's just adorable. Oh, yeah. I mean, just oh my gosh, you go back and watch like the original, like the first season of Different Strokes. That kid was just oh, he's adorable, fucking adorable. Well, do you remember? You were you might have been young. Do you remember the movie that he was in? Yeah, the Angel. He, he was, was like a homeless kid. He was an angel, right? No, well, yeah, there was also that one, but there was one where it was actually pretty good where he was like a homeless kid that lived in like a subway station. Oh, yeah. And he had, yeah, and he had like, so he could like tell, he he could pick uh, race winners somehow. So he could pick the horses that were going to win. And then he became like a celebrity and he built, it was, it was, it was actually a pretty good movie. God, that had to be early. It had to be like 82, 80, 81, somewhere in that range. Yeah. We had his own cartoon. Did he really? Yeah. Man. Yeah. There was like, there was a Gary Coleman cartoon, dude. He was a fucking cartoon character. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, you looking up that movie? I am. It's, I am. It's driving you nuts, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> God. It's killing me because I remember seeing it with my cousins and... Oh God! Well, what actor? Man, those that had to be those different strokes. Kids are just they're fucked up, man. You know, Dana. Pl- oh yeah, Dana Plato, man. She was. Uh, I mean, she was doing porn by the end. She's doing drugs and doing porn, and then she died. I think she didn't. She OD. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, fucking Gary Coleman was getting in all the sorts of trouble and shit before he died. Holy shit, he appeared on Buck Rogers? <laughs> really? Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. I I can't find the movie, but I'll, I'll if I find it, I will let you guys know. Yeah. Oh, on the right track. There it is, 1981. On the right track. On the right track. There we go. Yes. That'll be my good pop, bad pop next week. Anyway, Omega Underground is reporting that the working title for Wonder Woman 2 is Magic Hour. And people are speculating that this is an indicator as to who the next villain will be. Um, and, uh, and what, what I mean by working t- title is that, is that that's what they're calling the movie on the set. So I don't want our listeners thinking like that's the final name of the film. And when it's to- something completely different, I don't want them to be like, well, PCL said it was called Magic Hour. It's like, no, you're a fucking idiot, and i got to explain everything to you. Um, but anyway, in the Magic Hour, it's not – it's not um, – do, do you remember this, Eric? Do you remember the Magic Hour? Do you remember my, Magic Johnson's talk show back in uh, oh, the late 90s? It yes, lasted. It, it was so I – I watched like one episode, and it was so awful. It's terrible. Terrible. I, it was it, – so the two that always stood out to me is like I watched them for like – Chevy, and Chevy, and that and Chevy Chase. Chevy. Yep, yep. Chevy's was terrible. Oh my god! Oh god, you were so awful. Uh, yeah, it's like it's like I, I love Chevy Chase as far as like his movies, but yeah. and and then they were like, oh, a Chevy Chase talk show, and then it was like Chevy Chase was just kind of like exposed for as like how not funny he is as an interviewer, you know? 
Oh, he's ta- he he has uh, just my just my take, but I don't think improv is his thing. He, no, no, he, he's great with the script and yes. executing, but improv, no. Same thing with Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell's the same way, in my opinion. So I don't think that he could ever pull off a off an interview Talk. type show. Yeah, and yeah, Magic Hour was terrible. The, the only episode to watch on that is go to YouTube and you can uh, the the Howard Stern episode. Oh my god. Holy shit. It starts off with like this, uh, Howard Stern's band and like this is a girl farting into a microphone. And then, uh, I'm not kidding you. There's like band playing music and a girl is farting into a microphone. It's part of the song. And then, um, <laughs> and then, and then Howard Stern tar- starts as a, as a, uh, talk show host. Uh, he starts telling Magic what he needs to work on. In his show, and it's 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 crazy. It's absolutely nuts. He basically tells just awful. Yeah, you gotta watch. No, like it's the best one because it's a fucking train wreck. It's a train wreck. Yeah, people like the after that episode, like the the ratings for the show like doubled, and then they like it went away. (laughs) Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, DC news. Um, yeah. So people are speculating that the magic hour for Wonder Woman 2 could be uh, talking about Cheetah as being the main villain. Um, she turns people into uh, animals using magic. So I don't know. I don't know how that's a clear indication that, that she's going to be the main villain of the film. Um, but uh, that's what people are speculating. And they're grasping at straws. Yeah. What I take away is it's going to be called the Magic Hour, and if it's something different, I'm going to yell at Brian. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Did you guys know? And look this up. You can Google it if you don't believe me. That one of uh, one of Princess Diana's powers, Wonder Woman, one of her powers is she can talk to animals. That's oh, kind of cool. Yeah. Is that? I, I I never read Wonder Woman comics. Is that? Didn't she have like a bull friend or? Like a like a bull who could talk. Yeah, there's something. There's a minotaur. Some, yeah, there's something like that, like in uh, Themyscira or something like that. But that's part of her power set. She can talk to animals. All righty then. Yeah, because that fits right into it. I don't think that they're going to introduce that into the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, this news comes from the rap. Uh, prolific action director Michael Bay is being eyed to direct his first oh. ever superhero movie. Oh. No, stop it. Hold on. (laughs) Lobo, uh, which DC and Warner Brothers hope could be their answer to Deadpool. Uh, Multiple insiders told the rap exclusively. Uh, Bay met with DC to discuss the project and gave some notes that Wonder Woman writer Jason Fuchs will incorporate into a rewrite. The insiders told the rap. Uh, The studio plans to show the rewrite to Bay to see if they can make a deal, the insiders say. Uh, the project centers on a blue-skinned, seven-foot-tall, heavily muscled anti-alien, anti-hero alien who works as an interstellar mercenary and bounty hunter. The character became popular among DC fans following his revival in the early 90s as a biker anti-hero. So, uh, Eric, you sound like you're all gung-ho for this project. Yep. What's the Fuchs big- this news. What? I mean, come on now. Fuchs, Fuchs it. No, 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 no Michael Bay. No, Lobo, I could handle. I'm okay with Lobo. No, Michael Bay, stop it. Okay, what are you thinking, Harmon? I mean, I know nothing about Lobo sure. at all. Okay. But uh, I'm really not a fan of Michael Bay, so 
maybe it'll be cool to see a Lobo movie. I, I don't know how that character is supposed to yeah. act. Maybe, maybe that for some reason it syncs well with Bay's directing style. I, I have really no no idea. But yeah, yeah. I honestly, it's like okay, hold on. Let me let me let me make this point here. I think it's easily. I think it's really easy to shit on Michael Bay after like Transformers and like some of that stuff. I really don't. First off, this is a character I, I don't give a shit about. I don't give a shit about Lobo at all. I don't read Lobo comics. Don't really care for the character. He's like he's like the epitome of the '90s. Some of the '90s comics that I don't even give a shit about. And. Um, but you know, like one of my best, one of Michael Bay's best, like um, movies that he's had in a long time was Pain and Gain, and I think that was an R-rated film. And um, with this being a character I don't care about, if they want to have Michael Bay do an R-rated Lobo film, which is like they're talking about this being R-rated, I don't give a shit. And it's like I don't know. And, and what's crazy about this is like, okay, the script that Jason Fuchs wrote, the way that it is right now. It would cost over $200 million to produce it. And apparently Michael Bay and Warner Brothers are in agreement that the budget needs to be lowered for the film. And, but that has to be in line with the script. So the script that they were talking about in that original story with the rewrite, that whole rewrite is about the, the script being like, I think it sounds like the script that they have is like too ambitious. Like it's too big, too ambitious. And Jason Fuchs, um, he, I guess he started writing it like last summer. So Michael Bay actually wants him to do the rewrite because they, Michael Bay and Warner Brothers don't want it to be so big budget and I guess maybe even CGI heavy. And I think that they're, I think that they're wanting to do kind of like a, um, a Deadpool thing. My biggest problem with this, Eric, is that Michael Bay's not funny. Like, like, I don't think Michael Bay's humor is like great. Like, it was. I think like the first Transformers movie was good as far as like the humor I thought in that first film. But by the second one, I, I, it wasn't funny anymore. It lost its charm. Like the moms like eating like pot brownies on campus with him, and it just became like stupid. So I don't know, man. Part of me like kind of wants to see this as an experiment because I don't care. I don't care if they fuck up Lobo. I don't give a shit. I don't care about the character, you know. Yeah, and I can I can definitely see that point because I, I agree with you. He is so stereotypical '90s. Now I did. I don't know how much of J- Justice League Unlimited you watched, um, but when he appeared in there, there were some funny, humorous takes on him, yeah. and, and that's so. That if if I'd be okay. He was on Young that, Justice but, too, right? Uh, I don't remember. It's been a while since I watched seasons one and two. Although I will definitely do yeah. a rewatch when season three. I've seen Lobo me. in the cartoons, and I, I'm trying to think. Maybe. Yeah, no, I totally, yeah. I, I agree with you. I know I've seen him more recently than Justice League Unlimited, but I don't think I cared for what it was. But I cannot remember. I don't think it was Young Justice. Okay. Was it maybe off to stew on that? Ah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I don't know. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. That's the only thing. It's like, I, I like that Michael Bay is talking with Warner Brothers about lowering the budget. It makes me feel like they are trying to shoot for something. Like they are wanting to do something Deadpool-like with this. I just don't. Yeah. 
I think that maybe, and, and I like that, but I don't like, I don't think Michael Bay's humor is going to work out too well with this. So how do you think, how do you think he's going to do with a low budget movie too? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I don't know. It's one of those things where I don't know, man, but like if people want Lobo and big explosions and pyrotechnics and shit like that, he'll give it to him. It's just like, I think, I think Michael Bay needs somebody to rein him into, you know, it's like, if they announced like if they announced that they were doing a Lobo movie from the directors of John Wick or or they got Tim Miller, they got Tim Miller who did the first Deadpool to do this one, then I'd be like, oh fuck, an R-rated Lobo movie? I might give a shit about Lobo, but eh, yeah, Michael Bay does kind of like <laughs> come with some baggage. You're right. He was he was in he was in Young Justice yeah, in yeah. Uh, episode Happy New Year in season two, right? Yep. Yeah, I thought yep. so. I thought so. It was one of my favorite episodes. Um, yeah. All right, let's talk about let's fuck that fuck Michael Bay and let's fuck that Lobo story. Um, let's talk about this. This is the big shit that happened. Variety is reporting that Joaquin Phoenix has agreed has agreed he hasn't signed a contract, but he's agreed um, to play the Joker in Todd Phillips' standalone movie. Um, Variety is reporting that. Um, that news, but Warner Brothers had no comment. Um, what do you guys think about this? What do you guys think about uh, um, uh, this Joker origin story? Uh, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, they were talking about originally they were shooting for uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Apparently, Todd Phillips had met with him a couple of times, but nothing really panned out. Um, this is being produced by Scors- Martin Scorsese. Um, Todd Phillips, of course, the director being no, most known for Hangover 1, 2, and 3. And we've got Joaquin Phoenix, who at one time was in talks to play um, Lex Luthor. Um, he was in talks for Doctor Strange. But now it sounds like he might be signing on to play the Joker in a Joker origin story. What do you guys think? And Jacob? I have no desire to see a Joker origin movie, but I think Phoenix could do a fantastic job in that role. Okay. And uh, you pair that with Scorsese, and we could get something very interesting and very different than what we've seen in the past. All right, Eric, what are you thinking, man? I'm telling you, uh, the idea of Joaquin Phoenix playing the Joker makes me curl up in a corner and cry in fear. I love the idea. Um, I think... He could be an outstanding stellar Joker. I had no interest in this movie. I still can't say I'm really excited to see it, but if they ink him, I will, that will pique my interest to see what they do with it. Because one thing I don't think Joaquin, it's not like I know him personally, but I, I I just from everything that we read about him, I don't think he's going to sign on to the project unless he reads a script, he knows what he's doing, and he feels good with it. And I think for he for, he, he he will make the movie. So he, he will drag it kicking and screaming to be a good movie. I, I have faith in him to, to play the part and, and sell me on it. So if he signs on, I'll be all in. Yeah, he's a great actor. He really is. It's just one of those things where I just don't understand everything else around it. I really don't. Like it's a, it's a Joker origin story based in the eighties and it's, it's an origin story. So I thought we'd be dealing with a younger actor here. I mean, Joaquin Phoenix is 43 years old, guys. I mean, I mean, yeah. 
you, you got to consider that Jared Leto is 46 years old, but looks younger than Joaquin Phoenix, and he's playing our regular Joker in this in the in the DCEU, and we, now we've got this unnamed banner of films that are going to be coming out. I don't know if they're going to be called like Elseworlds, Elseworld stories, or what they're going to be calling this new banner of films. It just feels like he's a little old to be playing the Joker in an origin story, unless they're going to age yeah. him down. I, I I'm trying to figure this out. I feel like he's a great actor and like, yeah, it, it's kind of a very cool to think of Joaquin Phoenix. I'm dying to see like what he can bring to the character. It's just everything well, else. And surrounding I'm hoping it. this changes it. I'm hoping my hope is, is that they end up saying for what, however they arrive at it, they go away from the origin stuff. Cause I don't want to see that. Yeah. I think I may have even been on the episode where you, where we talked about it. I have no interest in seeing the origin of the Joker. I have interest in seeing Joaquin Phoenix play the Joker. Yeah. So I, maybe this takes them in a different direction. I, I don't know. We'll see. But yeah. Ah, man. I don't know. This is crazy. This is actually happening. <laughs> no, they're, they're still moving. Like when the story was first reported, I was like, ah, this is going to this is not going to go anywhere. Come on. Leonardo DiCaprio, Scorsese, Todd Phillips. Is it going to talks are going to die? No, like they're pushing forward with this. I think that they realize that they have characters that are bankable, but they have not put them out there in the best light and in the best movies, like with Suicide Squad, with like you know, like um, you know, like the DCEU in general. And so they're they're like, fuck it, we'll just. We'll do like an like this unnamed banner, these Elseworlds stories, and just I mean that's like the, I feel like that's what they should do. I just feel like it, it could be confusing to like fans. Like I would love to see them do like a Red Sun, Superman Red Sun, and like have like like the right like instead of Superman uh, as a baby, Kal El landing, you know, um, in the country and being picked up by you know the Kents, like he falls in Russia and becomes like owned by the government, you know, and I would, that's a cool story, but how is that story? But it's like, wouldn't that confuse audiences? Like people are going to see like, okay, like they're not casting Cavill in the role. They've got a new Superman playing the part. And then like, he's going to look different. And like, I just, you know, it's like one of those things where, you know, we heard about them kind of talking about this red sun. It might happen. And like this whole Joker thing, like, isn't it going to confuse people? Like, how, how are they going to differentiate that? How are they going to tell people like, oh, guys, no, we we have two Jokers at the same time, but one is totally not a part of like that universe. Like that, our Joker is not the. And what if this Joker? What if this Joker, this Joaquin Phoenix Joker, turns out to be the best Joker since Heath Ledger? Okay, like you know, and I know Harmon, you're not like you're a bigger fan of like. Like Nicholson and and uh, uh, Vincent, um, not Vincent Price, uh, uh, Romero, Cesar yeah. Romero, the older, You're, yeah, guys for sure. I mean, but like as far as like most fans now, most fans are like like the last great Joker that we saw was like the Heath Ledger performance. What if this Joaquin Phoenix is like better than not better, but as good or or um and, and people just love it. People love this new this new Joker that Joaquin Phoenix has pulled off, how are they going to resist the temptation to not pull that character over into the DCEU now? 
how are they how are they gonna like they're gonna be like oh god we we, we want to make him part of like our big money makers like our we this this universe this universe that we got going over here we we gotta figure out a way to get him over there but like now they've now now they've pigeonholed themselves to where like you've got jared leto he's that joker in that universe um flashpoint can only do so much guys uh, it, it can only that's true it can only correct so much and like you've got this joker and this story is supposed to be taking place in the 80s i just can't see them fuck not fucking this all up somehow like i still think that this could be a, somehow a great movie a great performance even though i don't want to see an origin story i still think it could possibly be a great movie but i still can't see them not want to fuck with it if it is a great movie i can't st- still see them not want to fuck with it a little bit more and then like pull them over into the regular movies and ruin it yeah, but I can't see again. We go to back to Walking Phoenix. I don't see him allowing himself. Yeah, good point. To allowing that to happen. Yeah. I mean, he he really takes. He is so considerate about the roles he takes. Uh, I mean, I, I'm still thinking that w- we missed a real opportunity, and I really like him. I think it's great, but yeah. I think we missed out on him as Doctor Strange. I think he would have mm. would have been really interesting in that part. Yeah, yeah. Um, he I, I, he's just not going to allow himself to become locked in for you know eight, seven, eight, nine pictures. I, I bet, you, dude. I bet you're right. I bet you're. It's like one of those things. Like he he was talking to them. He was like, "Hey, guess what? Like if we do this, I'll agree to it." If we, if we agree that this is going to be a one movie deal, like I'm not, I'm not making this like a whole trilogy of movies. I'm not coming back and I'm not doing other films. It's kind of like, it's kind of like ruining, um, what was that movie? Carlito's way. I love the Al Pacino movie, Carlito's way. And then they had, did you guys ever watch the Carlito uh, way, Carlito's way prequel? No. Terrible. Terrible. Like, I didn't even know there was one. Oh, yeah. They made a Carlito's Way prequel and it's absolute garbage. I cannot stand that movie. So, um, I, I, that's what I, I don't want them to like, I don't, I don't think Joaquin Phoenix would ever, um, agree to, sorry, my (laughs) cat is over there using his scratch pad. (laughs) Um, but, uh, I don't think that uh, Joaquin Phoenix would ever agree to do multiple films. I think this would be like a one and done. I think you're right, Eric. I agree. Yeah. No, yeah he's got a lot of artistic integrity in what he does. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I definitely don't see him agreeing to be in any kind of – even like a two-picture contract I think is more than he would be willing to do. Do you think that they got Todd Phillips in this? Because everybody was like, oh, it's the Hangover director. Do you think that they got him to do this because of his twisted sense of humor and, and it is the Joker? Do you think Do you think that they're wanna, they want Todd Phillips – they want him to take his humor dark in this movie? I think that's. I hope so. I think that's got to be the reason. That's got to be the only reason you get Todd Phillips, the Hangover director, to do this, is because they're wanting him to take. He, I think they want him to go into kind of like Joker mode too when it comes to like helping write this script and and these jokes form these jokes because it is the Joker character. I think they want to take him dark. So I don't know, man. The more we talk about this, the more I'm kind of intrigued to see it <laughs> so yeah, and see like like you were saying before about how how they could label it as an elseworld movie yeah that that's such a great concept yeah like, but 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 for the, for the comic book fans it is do, do you think do you think like regular fans are going to understand the banner 
You know what I mean? That's the no. problem is that I don't think they are. Yeah. Unless nope. DC went out of their way to be like if they made like a, a almost like a PSA and was like, hey, listen, these movies are <laughs> separate. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. No. Do you think, do you think audiences it. will care that much? Though? Yes. Yes, I do. I mean, I, I, do. Know, I agree. I know that they'll be. Yes. They're not going to get the concept. You had. You had. If they even hold on. If you go see a good movie. You, oh, I hold on. Yeah. I, they're going to leave confused. Like if, if you saw something, you're not paying attention if you're watching it and all of a sudden you're like, where's Ben Affleck? Like you're not paying attention to the You're trying to figure out like what the fuck is going on in this movie. It's almost like – it's almost like watching uh, basically like a, a trilogy but you never saw the first movie and you're just jumping yeah. into the middle. Like you're trying to put everything together. When, when, audience, when audiences went and saw Rogue One – some of the people sitting down in the theaters thought to themselves, where's Poe? Where's Ray? What's Kylo Ren doing? Like, what is going on here? They had no idea that this was not the second film after The Force Awakens. They didn't Don't know. Don't judge me. Yeah, <laughs> fucking morons, like I said. Idiots. <laughs> Complete just fucking like people just sucking on rocks and shit. Fucking <laughs> mouth breeders. Uh, breeders. Um, no, anyway, um, and like people like the the Dark Knight, like uh, when uh, uh, the Dark Knight came out, there were people that didn't know it was a Batman movie because they called it the Dark Knight. They called it the Dark Knight, and there were people that saw the Dark Knight and thought that they were ripping off Batman. They had no idea it was a Batman movie until like you know, later on they revealed the Joker. Then they started to put it together. But like that's not that's how dumb audiences can be. And so like I, audiences try to figure out this new. This new, uh, DC, this new banner, and now knowing that there's two Jokers, and like, well, why isn't, uh, Harley Quinn showing up in this new fucking Joker movie? And it's just gonna be weird. And then when they go back and we see, like, Jared Leto do his thing in, like, another one of these fucking movies, people are gonna be like, well, what happened to the other guy? Where's the other, where's Joaquin Phoenix? So yeah, they, I, want, they, they want a little chit chat. I, I like what Harmon did. Like they have to, they have to have like this whole marketing campaign where they like break it down. <laughs> like, <laughs> Honestly, you I know. think that's what they would have to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, like before the movie starts, they have like the director come out and then like the two Jokers on screen together. <laughs> have you ever seen like? old school movie trailers from like the 40s and 50s yeah. yeah yeah a lot of times it would just be like the director would come out and he'd be like hi i'm guillermo del toro and i'm here sure. to tell you about my new film right like hi. they would have to do something i'm like todd that. phillips and i'm here to tell you that my film has a different joker in it <laughs> and he's got to explain everything not like this one in a different universe but this other one's yeah. still there come, come here jared 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 leto comes out you know? <laughs> i'm not gonna lie that would help me with a lot yeah. of movies coming out nowadays yeah, yeah. with how convoluted flashpoint can make stuff yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, not God. that i care like i i still haven't seen justice league like yeah. uh, whatever <laughs> I you haven't even seen it wow oh, I, <laughs> you I, could not pay me to see that movie i have <laughs> such little desire to see that fucking film oh man i love the fact that you haven't seen that movie <laughs> it's, it's absolutely terrible i still haven't seen batman v superman either oh nice i bought that one at best buy on black friday for four bucks 
<laughs> you overpaid. It's, it was four bucks. It's still in the plastic. I, it's not like I've opened it. Um, all right, guys, let's jump into Star Wars news. All right, Star Wars news. What a Misa saying! You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers Podcast. That's not true. That's impossible! Alright, this uh, news came out from StarWars.com on Tuesday. Game of Thrones creators Benioff and D.B. Weiss to write and produce a new series of Star Wars films. Uh, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss are going... From Winterfell to a galaxy far, far away, it was announced today that Benioff and Vice, creators of the smash hit Emmy Award-winning television series Game of Thrones, will write and produce a new series of Star Wars films. Um, these new films will be separate from both the episodic Skywalker saga and the recently announced trilogy being developed by Ryan Johnson, writer-director of Star Wars The Last Jedi. So, um, what are your thoughts on this news? I'm going to start, actually. I want to start on this one. I am kind of, like, of course, like, my mind went to, like, with these guys and, like, the work that they've done with Game of Thrones. Like, my mind went to, like, oh, are they doing, like, a Knights of the Old Republic um, kind of thing? And, um, but then my mind went to, like, I, I don't know. I'm kind of like worried about these guys doing it. Like they did great with Game of Thrones in my, I, I enjoy Game of Thrones, but like this last season wasn't the best season of Game of Thrones. And it felt like without them having like source material to kind of go off on, these might not be the best guys to do it. They don't have like, like without the training wheels of like, you know, George R. R. Martin's books, like this season seven was like not everybody's favorite. And so. I don't know. It's just like, um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'll taste this news. I'll taste it. I don't think that, I guess it all depends on like what they're going to be, be developing. But I think that they're, honestly, I think there's better guys that you could have gotten, better directors that you could have gotten, um, than, uh, than these, than these guys. But what are you guys thinking? Eric? Yeah. I, so I'm in lockstep with you. So I was thinking the exact same thing. So when they announced them, I'm thinking, well, I, you know, they did such a great job with Game of Thrones, but we saw how they went off the rails a little bit from the source material. Now that said, I, I, I personally loved the last season. I just think it was different yeah. than the previous sure. seasons. I think yeah. they wrote differently and that was obvious you could tell and that that to me it didn't mean it was necessarily bad so i'm okay with this i mean if you're going to ask me to rate it i'm going to give it a high taste and i'm not going to tupperware it because i i need to know more about where they're going are they going knights of the old public are they yeah. going with original material is this going to be a trilogy is it replacing the star wars stories? i i need need some more info to really digest it but i, I think i'm a little more I have a little more faith in them, I think, than 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 you do. Okay, yeah, no, that makes sense. Like i I enjoyed season seven. Um, I I liked it. I didn't hate it like some people did, but I did. It did feel different from all of the other seasons, which I, I, guess, I won't disagree with that. Yeah. It, it definitely did feel different. Yeah. I I just again I go back to we saw 
we saw the, the the first seasons were much more slower and more deliberate mm-hmm. where this one they did some jump around now i think they made some calculated writing mistakes i think they did that partly to um partly to try to keep the story moving along and i think that left some plot holes that they just didn't fill very well oh, yeah. um but I, I, but I still thought it was an excellent season and a very good season. So I can't say it, it, it really tones down my expectations for what they could do. Yeah, as soon as this news broke, um, me and I, I messaged Jake and Jake said, what did Jake say? It was pretty funny. Um, talking about, he's like, oh, nudity in Star Wars. And I said, yeah, and Luke and Leia can finally be together and all this shit. And, um, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So um, what, do you, what are you thinking, Harmon? So, like, full disclosure, I'm not a Game of Thrones fan. Ah, okay. So yeah. I, yeah, I I can't speak to to you know the show and, and the quality of the director. Is it that you don't? Is is it that you're not a fan? Like you've given it a chance to watch it and you just don't. It's not your thing, or is it just you haven't gotten into it? I've read the first book. I watched the first season. Yeah. It's just not for me. Okay. Okay. Um, but I, I can say from like a technical standpoint, like the first season was it, it was shot beautifully and there was some cool stuff in there. Yeah. Um. So as as far as what they can do. Star Wars is a whole big universe, and I would, I, I, I guess I could say I have faith in them. I almost want to like freeze it if that makes sense, because uh, there's, there's no perspective on where they're gonna go. Yeah. I mean, we could get a whole trilogy of you know the birth of the Sith. Uh, we could get you know some uh, even if it was just like Galactic Empire stories. Um, th- there's so much that they could do in that universe. Well, they and, could, I mean, they could do. They could be the ones doing like. Um... Uh, a Boba Fett film or an Obi Wan Kenobi film, you know, and I mean, they oh could, for sure, yeah. So I mean, we could even get just like a a series on some bounty hunters, yeah. Like that could be a cool. There's there's so much that they could do, pull do from. You guys, you guys, I want hold on. I want to throw this out there before I forget it. Like I was thinking about like you know, if they did a Boba Fett, what would it? How would it be like if they? I don't know if it would work. If they did a Boba Fett trilogy, I know that sounds insane. But like, what if they did like a, a young Boba Fett? The second film was like Boba Fett in his prime, and then like a third film was like like old Boba Fett, like you know after like post Sarlacc pit. I don't know like what what of Boba Fett's uh, history is canon or not from the EU. Um, but there was some really neat stuff with him after his father had died and he was kind of doing a bounty hunter group. It was him and two other mercenaries. Um, so th- there, there's some cool stories there for sure. And whether or not it's canon, who knows? They, they've been kind of picking and choosing what they want. Yeah. There's definitely a cool story there and some neat potential. Yeah, I don't think that they'd ever do it like a Boba Fett trilogy. I think it'd be like a one movie and done, just kind of like we're doing with what we're doing with uh, Han Solo. But I was just thinking like, ah, oh, three stages of Boba Fett's life. I know, I know we've seen like him as a child. I don't want to see him as a child again. I'd like to see him kind of like as a young um, as a young right. inexperienced bounty hunter and then like Boba Fett kind of like kind of like mirroring the 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 Christopher Nolan um, Batman trilogy where we see like you know um, you know Boba Fett begins and then like you know in the second movie it's like Boba Fett in his prime going up against like his Joker and then in the third movie we see like an old like like maybe like you know like an old like grizzled uh, Boba Fett um, you know post Sarlacc pit you know, I can like like Stephen Lang in the role or something like that. I don't know. That's 
I think that that'd be interesting. It'll never happen, but um, yeah. there's just so much potential with so many different things and different paths that they could go down with this franchise. Yeah, and I'd want to see all of it. I mean, give me a give me a Knights of the Old Republic movie. Give me an Origin of the Sith. Give me even if it's just like. A, a trilogy of some guys in the Empire who are going out being badass Empire pilots and some, you know, no, nothing Force related. Like, there's so much potential there. Can I make a prediction? And this is just like a 100% like uh, just speculation. Sean Bean will be cast in one of these movies. I mean, that right. that would kind of be like a, a nice bone to throw to the Game of Thrones fan. That's what I'm saying. I'm just like, I'd just say Sean Bean casts a role in one of these movies. I just think it'd be I, would, I love Sean. Uh, I love Sean Bean. I think he's, besides the things that everybody knows him for, uh, what, uh, he's got that television show where he plays the CIA. Oh, I cannot think of it. Think of the name of it, but he's he's had a couple seasons on that. He's he he's done great on that. So I would love to see him in like a bounty hunter type role or, or something like their smuggler role. Yeah, I could totally get into seeing him in a part like that. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, it sounds like uh, Eric, you're the most high on this on this choice. I'll I'll give it a shot. We'll see what we what we get. It'll be interesting when they announce. Um, I think it's is it safe to say that they're done with the saga stories after this that they that they're going to focus on the Ryan Johnson trilogy and the Benioff Vice Benny uh, the Benioff and uh Vice uh trilogy. That- I think they're probably going to let it sit for a little bit and I'm okay with that. I think it's I think you give us one more movie to wrap up the nine and then I think it's okay to move on from there and then come back maybe like in I don't know 50 uh, yeah 50 100 years in timelines in story timeline with you know the great great grandson although what what's left of uh, of of the Skywalker and solo lineage at this point. But. Yeah, I don't think that they're going to want to give up on, like, uh, we don't know what's going to happen to Ray and Poe and, right. and Finn, so I don't think they want to give up with those characters. Like, if if Ray ends up dying at the end of the trilogy, then it might be, that might be it, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, then, hours later, on the same day on Tuesday, we got this news from Newsarama. Disney's upcoming proprietary streaming service has multiple Star Wars related TV projects in development. Uh, according to Disney CEO Bob Iger, Disney mentioned plans for at least one Star Wars series in its initial announcement of the app in November. Quote, we are developing not just one, but a few Star Wars series specifically for the direct Disney direct to consumer app. We've mentioned that and we are close to being able to reveal at least one of the entities that is developing that for us because the deal isn't completely closed we can't be specific about that said Iger during a call via the hollywood reporter quote i think you'll find the level of talent on the television front will be rather significant as well so disney streaming services expected to launch sometime next year and we don't know i we don't know uh, out of these star wars tv projects if it's animated or if it's live action i'm guessing at least one live action show but um i don't know it's it's exciting news not really much oh, it's to definitely go exciting and kind of like i was saying before with the uh with the possibilities of the of the new trilogy 
with a TV format, there's so many different things they could do. I think that'd be the best place to kind of explore kind of like a day-to-day life of, you know, people in the Empire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What we do you could th- see them pooping. Yeah, we, we could. could. We could have, uh, mm-hmm. we could have show on poop. Star Wars poop talk. It'd be good. Star poop. Yeah. Eric, what the fuck are you still doing on this show? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't even know. I, it, with that announcement, it's cool. I'm, I, I'm ready for them to announce like what, what, one of the, like what one of these shows are. I mean, I know Rebels is ending soon. We're getting in the final episodes. I need to get caught up on it. I'm like nine episodes behind. They're just like chilling on my DVR. Anyway. Uh, let's talk about, let's, uh, I'll finish it off with these solo characters that we found out about this week. Um, the three characters we didn't know a lot about were Val, um, Paul Bettany's character, and then Woody Harrelson's character. And this news comes from Entertainment Weekly. Uh, Woody Harrelson, of course, he's playing Tobias Beckett. Uh, Lawrence Kasdan said he is a very tough criminal. And as you might think with Woody, who has enormous humanity, uh, it's not just that. Um, Ron Howard says Beckett is such a charismatic character and he does have a soft spot choosing not to end this wannabe smuggler to tries to end. Oh, uh, and he does have a soft spot choosing not to end this wannabe smuggler to tries to in- ingratiate himself. The fuck kind of sentence is that? People need to yeah. learn how to write over there at Entertainment Weekly. Jesus, I don't even understand that sentence. Anyway, yeah, that made no sense. That made no <laughs> sense. That's Entertainment Weekly for you. <laughs> Fucking idiots. Um, just kidding. I have nothing against them. They usually have great <laughs> scoops, and Anthony Breskin is really smart. Anyway, uh, this cast that said Han sort of forces himself into Woody's life. Uh, it starts a relationship that has enormous impact on what kind of person Han will be. Um, they talk about Val, played by Tandy Newton. Tandy Newton, she played, uh, she was Maeve in Westworld, if you watched that. Uh, this character is a little more mysterious. We don't have a lot of information about her, except that she carries, uh, uh, carries a massive blaster that's only slightly more intimidating than her scowl. Uh, she's tied to Beckett. That's how Han meets Val, says Kathleen Kennedy. They've been partners a long time. Uh, John Caston calls Val part of the criminal family that Han gets involved in. She's not impressed with the Corellian pilot. Um, I will say at first glance, doesn't necessarily have total faith in Han, as a lot of people he meets in his life tend to feel about him, John Kasdan says. She's a little skeptical of this kid when she meets him, and her relationship with him goes in, I think, an interesting direction. What does that mean? They're going to have, uh, I'm not going to have, he's too young for her, right? Right? Mm-hmm. He's playing like an 18-year-old to start off with. How old is uh How old is Tandy Newton? Unless she's going to do they're going to have a little bit of a Mrs. Robinson Star Wars edition. I mean, Han's going to learn the uh Yeah, Han's going to learn how to make love somehow, so maybe someone with some experience teaches him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Harmon uh, coming out here with the fanfic. It's hot. <laughs> she is, uh, she's 45. She is 45 in real life. Wow, she looks great for is 45. Is she really? 45. She was born in 72. 
Yeah, she looks fantastic. Holy shit, she looks a hell of a lot better than I do at 46. <laughs> God damn. I would, I would tend to agree. Um. <laughs> that hurts. That hurts. <laughs> I think you're beautiful, Eric. Don't worry. Oh, I'm, sweet. I'm, I'm going to go cry. I'm still going with Tandy. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. I kept thinking like, you know, like, um, I kept thinking, like, here's, we've got Han Solo, and he, he, he you know, he, st- he starts to, uh, Val's been working with, um, you know, uh, Tobias Beckett for so long, and then now this new kid comes in and kind of takes on, like, he's like a mentor and, like, gives this kid purpose, and, like, from what I'm hearing is, like, Beckett is not a really great criminal. Like, he's not really good. He's not, like, a criminal mastermind, and he, like, he's never had, like, a big score. He's just a terrible criminal. And, um, that, I think that, that, I think that's kind of interesting. Um, so, um, but, uh, I, I kept feeling like, you know, Han would kind of like, she, maybe she got jealous. She's getting jealous of Han's relationship with, uh, Tobias and, um, doesn't like him at first. So I, I don't know. It'll be, um, it'll be interesting to see by the time the movie comes out. And then finally we got some news on Paul Bettany's character. He's playing Dryden Voss. And that has nothing to do with um, Quinlan Voss. Um, so uh, yeah, that character from the Clone Wars. And I, I know there was a recent book with Quinlan Voss and I think Ventress in it. I didn't read that book. Um, I read some of it, but I don't think I ever finished it. Um, do you know what book I'm talking about? I know I've heard. I think Gafford's a big fan of it. I think yeah. he said Quinlan Voss was like his favorite Star Wars character. Yeah, yeah. I started it. I never finished it though. Um, anyway, but he's playing uh, Dryden Voss. Uh, he's the successful crime boss, the Godfather, um, uh, the debonair and sophisticated hoodlum. Um, goes on to say, "We've seen the sleazy take on Gangland Chief of the uh, with Job of the Hunt, but." Uh, Voss will give us the handsome version of a figure who has found great success by breaking the rules, but isn't the kind to get his hand dirty. Uh, it's sort of a combination of class and swagger and real danger, which I think is a fun thing. And he absolutely inhabits it, says John Kasdan. He's way deeper in the crime world than anyone else that we meet in the movie. Um, while Tobias Beckett is immersed in the underworld too, Quote, they're just in slightly different places, John says, much like a movie like Lair Cake where you see an Albert Finney type of character who is a little more advanced. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, we're finding out more about uh, this character. The part was originally going to be played by actor Michael K. Williams, who was actually the character was going to be mocap um originally and he couldn't come back and do reshoots and so they had to basically get rid of that character all together and just like rewrite the whole thing so i don't know um uh, the makers of solo wouldn't confirm confirm any other potential villains but fans have been speculating for some time about the shadow in the back of that picture howard tweeted of him and Bettany when the actor rap production. So they're talking about, um, uh, the, a shape of a familiar helmet being possibly, um, uh, Darth Vader. I hope they're wrong. I hope it's just that one, that one black helmet that the empire uses. Um, the guys in like the, 
the control rooms on the ships that kind of like have that black Vader like looking helmet. I don't I don't want Vader to show up again in another film. So I think I think the way that they left Vader in Rogue One, that scene that we saw him was just amazing. I I don't need to see him show up again in this movie. Right. We definitely don't need Vader in every Star Wars movie. Right. But we're getting him, aren't we? Are you 100 percent sure about that? I no, I'm not. I, I but I thought that was the rumors. But yeah, I've heard rumors that they 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 cast somebody who's around the same height that that the that they've had actors on set that it that I don't I don't think it was the I don't know I don't want to I don't want to say this because I don't know I'm like trying to say this based sure. off of memory but I yeah it, it felt like they brought maybe somebody on set that was the same kind of like body type. Um, and people, I guess people, have, I don't know. I'm not going to get into that because I don't know. I don't know. And, and they're big into the red herrings nowadays. So yeah. that, that, that could all be tricks. Don't you so. think if we get like a, if we get like a, um, I mean like this movie is like, we're already getting Lando. I mean, we're probably going to be able to see the Kessel run. We're getting like the first meeting of like, you know, Chewbacca meeting Han, you know, Lando meeting Han. Um, I mean, we're already getting to see like all these things. It's like, do we really have to also see like shoehorn and, you know, Vader? And then, and then, uh, I mean, we might even get like a Jabba scene for all we know, Jabba the Hutt. Like, are we going to see that in this too? It's like, I mean, and all that on top of like, you know, him, you know, uh, coming in contact with the Millennium Falcon for the first time. So, and that's one of the things that people have been talking about. Have you been hearing about this? Because the way the Falcon looks, the yeah. way the way the Falcon looks in this movie, with it being like all shiny and brand new, and like even like with like the um, isn't there like kind of like um, uh, blue paint on it as well on the outside? Yeah, and you know you notice that it's solid up front. Where yes, yes. Yes, so between it, between the two forks, where yes. at least previously we always thought that was for what sm- smuggling containers or or some type of c- container. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, it's like one of the what the fans are pointing out is the fact that when and it's been confirmed by Lucas Story Group that um, in uh, what was it was it um, re- was it Episode Three where they have that overhead shot and it's an Easter egg of the Millennium Falcon. Oh yeah, I do remember. Yeah, I, that. I believe I that's that. episode yeah. three. Yeah, but yeah. It, it looks exactly like the Falcon that Han has now. It look it, and that's that shot is actually from before any of these events, right? Yeah, it would have. See, to yeah, be. do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, you're right. It's got to be well before. Exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. And so, like, okay, so, okay. There is the quote from Lando when he sees the Falcon for the first time when they see each other in Empire again. And he sees the Falcon for the first time. He's like, he says something like, oh, my God, what have you done to her? You know, and uh, she looks like she looks so different or whatever. I'm paraphrasing, of course. Um, so there is that quote by Lando. Some people are speculating that there are two Falcons in this film. One blows up and the one that blows up. So I don't know because that, 
it basically like that ship is based off of i mean it, they made multiple sure but for them to call both ships the millennium falcon just doesn't make sense to me see to me it makes sense that you know when han gets the falcon maybe it it looks like it does in the solo movie and then over the years he changes and modifies it to fit his smuggling needs yeah you know yeah yeah, I see. It's just one of those things. I've, I don't know. Like, it's all shiny and new, and but when 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 we first see it here in this film, and then by the time like we see Han, maybe even by the time of the end of this film, it's like more lived in, and by the time, especially by A New Hope, it's way lived in. But like, it also goes back to like, and the, and and Pablo Hidalgo in the the Lucasfilm Story Group says that this movie will explain. That why why it looks like that and and it, it'll explain like even like that what it won't contradict what we saw in episode three either so it all it all will make sense so I'm so I guess we got to go by what they say it's just it's kind of weird <laughs> yeah, yeah interesting yeah. That's all I got, guys. I want to thank you guys so much uh, for joining me on this episode. I know we've been here for quite a while, but uh, Jake, uh, Harmon, I want to thank you. And Eric, thank you so much for joining me, man. Hey, it's always a pleasure. Anytime you need me, just send the word. Are you doing are you, are you doing a podcast? You thinking about doing one? You're just like, oh, fuck that shit. Uh, yeah, there's a, it's actually in the works. Uh, Probably within the next like two months, you'll see the the feed go live. Are you like a uh, should? Oh, I I have a guess as to what it is, but I, should I shut up? No, well, I've kind of got two in the works. There's one I think that you know about, yeah, and then yeah. there's one that's different. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah, you can make that announcement when we have you back. Yeah, definitely. All right, Eric. Yeah, you're probably going to be on the supercast every week. Are you are you doing that like every week? Yeah. 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 We did take uh, we took a break last week because Jordan's been. Uh, Having some uh, dental issues yeah. that he's been dealing with, so he we uh, he Jordan's such a trooper. He was texting us like right before on Friday night. He's like, "Well, I'm really bad. I'm not feeling well, but I think I can go with just do a short episode." We're like, "Dude, we do this every week." Just did you say calm de- down? Did relax. you say dental issues or mental issues? Because I would believe both. Both. So the mental issues don't normally stop his broadcasting. I mean, we deal with that every week regardless. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's been, he's been, he's been battling some dental issues. He had a tooth that was bad. So he's getting that taken care of. And then he, now he's, he's, he's on the mend to getting better. So we recorded last night. And yeah, so I'm on every week on the, uh, the supercast with Jordan, Joe, and unfortunately David. So there you go. And uh, I'm getting my uh, splint off. My final splint is coming off on Monday, and then I'm going to be uh, in a boot. And uh, that's not my Canadian accent. I'm, they're actually going to be putting me in a boot. And, Sauce boot. Yes. And then um, I, 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 I think I'll still be on crutches. And then after that, I'll be on, like, rehab. I don't, I don't know. I don't know when I'm going to be able to go back to work or anything so it's kind of fucking crazy yeah um so until then guys um thank you so much for joining us and uh, just like all good leftovers saying their doggy packs thank you for your patronage thanks for listening because that's what uh that's what all uh that's what every doggy bag says on it right i I think so yeah this is no it's a false statement i you know i need we need a new exit 
thing to say. I'm getting sick of saying that shit. <laughs> Just like, oh, good dude. Fuck off. It's ridiculous. I sound like a fucking <laughs> idiot over here every fucking week. Anyway, hey, we'll see you next week, guys. Later. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Gonna toss it, gonna take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftover. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. I've already been done before, so we should Separate the wheat from the shaft And we're the shaft of crap, even though we're the shit Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap! Gonna toss it, gonna take it, do we love it? Hey, let's race it, hate erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carry over, counterculture, push over Pop culture, leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say has already been said Leftover Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftover, uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftover, pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.